Yeah, we're here. We're talking about cannabis. <laughs> Woohoo! It's Saturday night. <laughs> and, and you'll know why we're talking about that if you go to our Facebook page and you click on the pictures that uh, Johnny always posts pictures as mm-hmm. we're driving into the station and we passed a sign tonight that was demanding to be photographed. Well, we pass it every Saturday night, but tonight the sky was so nice and dramatic and and kind of eerie, and I felt like everyone was going to a party, but they forgot to invite us. There was so much activity. And there was this sign, and it said, drink cannabis, stop hangovers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) And every week we look at that and we chuckle, and I said, this is the week I'm going to put that picture up, and somebody will tell me what that's all about, I'm sure. (laughs) Well, him and her back on the radio for a full show, and we have a ton of things planned for Mm -hmm. tonight, uh, including uh, in about a half hour, we're going to check in with a friend of ours uh, who is the chief meteorologist at WJHG in our part of Florida, Panama City Beach. There is a big honking storm that's threatening to head for our little yellow house uh, yep. this coming Wednesday. So and we're going to cross over our house and then head on up the the west coast. Uh, excuse me, the east coast. Yeah, I got us here. That's why I do the driving. Stop it. She takes the pictures. I do the driving. <laughs> You'd be in Indiana if I was driving, <laughs> right? <laughs> and we're also going to have a... a, a a guy that we really, he is such an amazing guitar player. Joel Patterson's going to mm-hmm. be in studio with us. Uh, it's been too long since we've had Joel Patterson in the studio, and he's got a brand new album out. Yep. So he's going to uh, pick a little bit for us tonight. That's coming up a little later. Boy, wears so many different hats when it comes to the kind of music that he plays. Just when you think you know him as a jazz performer, then he's he's rockabilly, mm-hmm. and then he's blues. And that's what I love about Joel, and he's just a darn good musician. So this is going to be fun to have him in studio tonight. Speaking of in studio, we should introduce you to yes. uh, some of the assembled multitude. Uh-huh. Uh, should we start off with the keepers, plural, of the big plug tonight? <laughs> it takes two, right? <laughs> Brett is with us. Hey, Brett, wearing your Taco Bell t-shirt. I am, and I actually think I might be stopping on my way home to get some Taco and Bell. And you're wearing a socks hat, too. Yes, I wear a socks Whoa. hat almost every single yep. day. Do you? Yep. yep. Good man. Okay. Part of the, That's why we uh, let outfit. you stay. <laughs> yeah, we said we want Brett. <laughs> and it takes it takes two of us because, you know, if one of us gets electrocuted plugging stuff in, we yeah, got a backup. Yeah, yeah, this is true. And it's Bob's job to warm up the Zamboni. It is. And gas quarter, it up. Yep. At a quarter to and two. And flick the lights. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, it takes two. Well, nice to see you guys. You have a good week so far? So yeah. far, yeah. So far, yeah. The night's young, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> also on the other side of the glass it's mr julian how are you julian quite well how are you if he does a zamboni what the heck am i doing uh we haven't figured that out yet yeah. <laughs> okay. he's the ice scraper <laughs> yes <laughs> and over in the newsroom uh our buddy ron brown hey ron hey guys how are you doing tonight good good, good. good. Did you have a good week oh yep so far yeah good. it's been pretty pretty darn excellent oh wow Okay, I have a quick question to ask everybody. Should we take a break and then we'll come back? Yeah. Okay, because this is something that came up on, um, well, I'm not going to give any clues. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll okay. come right back and we'll do a little round what, robin, I can't even say ra- round, ra- say it. Tw- we only passed the sign. <laughs> <laughs> Just 
Just, really, so nothing else happened. We just passed the sign. I looked at That's the sign, and now I feel, I feel giddy. So a couple of things we want to get into. One serious thing I want to get yes. into a little later. But, uh, or did you want to do that first, or do you want to do the... Uh, no, well, we got everybody you know. in here. I'm, I'm just curious. Um, there's a new feature that's being uh, done on the WGN radio uh, page. You probably see these little videos that pop up. And people are being interviewed. They're being asked a question. And what I like about it is they're not only including people that are on the air, but they're going behind mm-hmm. the scenes. So they're talking to engineers and to news people and producers and such. And so this week, did anybody see this week's video that popped up? Okay, good. Yeah, did no, not I see did it. not. The question was, your first celebrity crush... Your first, I love Bob's face. It's like he just sucked in a lemon. (laughs) Your first celebrity crush. Now, David Jennings was one of the people that was asked. Uh, Ron, are you in the newsroom? Can you hear this, too? I can, yes. All right. Have you seen the video I'm talking about? No, not yet. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, Lisa was asked. uh, Wendy was asked. David Jennings. And, um, oh, um, Rook. Rook. Brendan. Uh, Brendan, yes. Mm-hmm. He was asked as well. His was funny because uh, at seven he fell in love with Princess Leia. Is anybody surprised? No. <laughs> uh, but he also fell in love with Britney Spears and he was very distressed because it, when Britney Spears was in a video, he thought that was her real life. And he was very, very concerned as a child. Uh, but the one that concerned me was when David Jennings says Elizabeth Montgomery was his first crush and the reaction was, Who? Really? I, did, I know. I did hear the story behind it, so <laughs> I, did, I did hear about that one. But Bob and Ron, you both went, really? That's yeah. what I did, too. Really? Are we that old? Julian, do you know who Elizabeth Montgomery is? I'm going to say no. Oh. Oh, boy. Ouch. So, so then, uh. <sighs> David Jennings says, twitching of the nose and the person behind the camera said, Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> no, that's not Mary Tyler Moore. Hey, for Moore. her age, that's that's a decent guess, though. You think? For mid-20s, I'd yeah. say that's a pretty good guess. Now, are we talking about Ashley? Yes. Because she's an old soul. Yes. If you've ever she, talked to that girl about yeah. music. That, that was her guess, oh. was, it, it was that it was Mary Tyler Moore. So. But when it comes to music, that child, she is so in tune with music from the 60s and mm-hmm. the 70s. So I say she's an old soul. That's what shocked me. Like, wow, Bewitched? Doesn't everybody know Bewitched? Is, is, does that still get rerun a lot? Maybe that's why the kids don't know it. I think well, sometimes it does, yeah. I think well, it's on I some thought of the it was just kind of a TV thing. Stations. Even for kids, when they twitched their nose, that they knew when mm-hmm. they would put their finger on their nose that, that they were doing a Bewitched. Because <laughs> that was, a, along with being a, a live show, there was an animated Bewitched, too. It was, yes. And the opening, right. the opening of the show was also yeah. animated, which was very cool. Well, Ron, how would you answer that question? Cameras uh, on you. Well, uh, she wouldn't know this one either. Yvonne Craig. Oh, oh. yes. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you got a good reaction on this side. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. From, from the same era, Batgirl. In or, fact, for for some weird reason, Yvonne Craig pictures have been uh, popping up on Facebook. Nothing wrong with that. And there, there, there was one, it was one of those collage pictures. Left side is Yvonne Craig, Batgirl suit. Mm-hmm. Right side, Yvonne Craig, beach, bikini. Oh, hello. Maybe it's because of the new Batgirl is getting a lot of buzz, too. Okay. That's, and people are saying, but there was this other Batgirl. Yeah. 
All right. Well, how are you guys going to answer the question, Bob? Because you look like you were you just sucked a lemon. <laughs> Who was your first celebrity crush? Boy, I don't know. I'd have to really think about that. Really? I, yeah. You 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 didn't look at somebody and say when I grow up I'm... big screen or uh, anybody you heard. Wendy or thought saw she or... would grow up and marry Donny Osmond. Oh, which right. I love. I mean, this is big hair rock and roll. Wendy was loving Donny Osmond. Mm-hmm. I of course loved Bobby Sherman, but you know. In fact, one of the only times I ever saw Johnny cry on the was radio. in the studio when I surprised her with Bobby Sherman calling on her birthday. <laughs> Oh, no and kidding. In, and wow. instead of singing, Julie, 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 do you love me? It was Johnny, Johnny, oh, Johnny, please. do you love me? I'm going to get emotional. And at the end of the uh, the interview, when he hung up and we were playing one of his songs, Johnny was in tears. I was just like, because he was as nice as I ever he really imagined was. he would be. He's a paramedic today. And just the sweetest man. And I got so carried away, I even asked him what he was wearing when I was talking to him. <laughs> I forgot my husband was in the room. I go, Bobby, so what are you wearing now? <laughs> You can go to California and have him save you, give you CPR. Well, you can't. He told us the story of the number of women that were actually in labor, and they looked up and they go, Are you Bobby Sherman? And I'm like, Really? He goes, Yeah, that's happened a number of times. And the people said, I'm going to name my baby Bobby because you just delivered my baby. All right, Brett, who are you going to say is yours? I was trying to think. I if It's hard to really remember, but if I were to guess. It would probably have been someone that was like on the ABC Family. Okay. So whether it was like Topanga My- from Boy Meets World, really, or okay. Tiffany Amber Thiessen from Say by the Bell. That's not bad. Like probably one of those yeah. was probably okay. like when I was younger. Probably the first yeah. kind of celebrity I noticed was wait, ooh, yeah, oh, it was like oh, she's a girl. Yeah, like oh, they're <laughs> yes. not hard to look at. So All right, I, I I can't think of anyone specifically that was uh-huh. like oh that. That was so you my didn't lane. have posters or anything. No, on not, your not wall. Any posters. Yeah. But I, I would say I was probably one of those. Whether it was something on step by step or yeah, you know, well, that's of, good. That, yeah. That's what the whole point of that channel was for was to yeah. get you sucked in. Mm-hmm. But probably I'd say Tiffany Amber Thiessen probably from that's Saved a good by the one. Bell okay, was probably choice. the yeah. first kind of one where you're like, oh man. All right, Julian, how about you? Helen Mirren. Really, God bless you. Again, you. Can I can stay. see that She's, you can stay. <laughs> She's a fascinating person, and if you you look at pictures of her when she was younger, and even now, she's she's a woman. She's still got it. Yeah, Yeah, she does. Have you seen uh, who she's portraying now? No. uh, Oh, I'm not going to give it away, uh because you won't know it's her. Yeah, you really won't. You will be go, what? It's a good thing I have a computer in front of me. Oh, so not the Fast and the Furious? No. Okay. <laughs> we just watched one of those the other day. And again, I can kind of, after sitting there. And, oh, you get sucked into it. It's you, Yeah, I can yeah. kind of get it's, it. It's one of those, friend, well, actually, the first one was was like culturally kind of a big deal. Yeah. Second one was atrocious. Third one was, eh. The fourth one was actually like four through seven or eight were okay. Yeah. And then it just kind of went, oh, man, we might be but getting it, to the... Uh, might need to bring this to a close at this point. Yeah, it's still an adrenaline rush, though. Yeah, and they're perfect because, you know, my biggest gripe is everyone wants movies to be best pictures, and sometimes yeah. it's okay just to be just be a movie, yeah, just be just, dumb fun for two yeah. hours. You don't have to be just a just film. Give you two hours worth of mind if, candy. If I miss two minutes going to the bathroom, yes. yeah, I'm not going to miss the plot. 
Yeah, that's true. As somebody said, you know, look at it this way. You're in a dark room and there's a beautiful person, very large in front of you. Just sit back and enjoy it, you know? <laughs> All right, Steve, you would answer it. Uh, I don't have to think about this. Oh, okay. I'm going to throw a name that a lot of you may not know, Dolores Hart. Have any idea who Dolores Hart was? Is. Is. She's still alive, yeah. Dolores Hart uh, first saw her when she was the love interest in Loving You with Elvis. Then she was also the love interest in King Creole with Elvis. She's the girl she, next door. She was also one of the main stars in uh, the movie Where the Boys Are. And she surprised everybody in Hollywood at the height of her career by saying, nope, don't want to do this. She is now a nun. She is Mother Dolores. And there is a fascinating documentary and a book yeah. called God is the Bigger Elvis. And it's her autobiography. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. She, and the she's man a really interesting woman. That she the, was engaged to. Yes, who she n- still stays in touch with. He never married. He yeah. still comes to the convent wow. to visit her. It is a just a, a – I'm holding my heart. It's such a wonderful story. How old would, was she when she walked away? Oh, 20-something? Yes, yeah, It was the height 20s. of her career. Yeah. When they wanted the girl next door, they would get Dolores Hart. You know, the cute blonde. She could get away with the ponytail and just, mm-hmm. you know, look like – Every boy would go, yeah, that's the girl I want to marry. And even Elvis said that. Um, and what? A- In fact, there is a, a wonderful video. You can find it online. Do a YouTube search. There's a video of Dolores Hart at a birthday party with Elvis. Elvis showed up at this birthday party uh, she was throwing for a friend. She's playing clarinet and Elvis is playing piano. And it's just... He he wanted to go out with her, and she said, no. No. Mm-mm. No, thanks. Yeah. It's a great story. But yeah. you, before she became a nun, you, you had a thing for her. Because she oh, yeah. was the girl next door. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had me. Yeah. <laughs> the girl next yeah. door. <laughs> I married up. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for playing along. And if they point that camera in your face, you know, just be outrageous. Okay? Because that's a thing now. Because I could think last week... Um, I can't even remember what the the question was last week, but I thought, uh oh, this is going to become a thing, and mm-hmm. people are going to start running when they see Ashley. Oh, they walking did the, down the they hall. did the first concert thing. First too. concert, that's yeah. right. Yes, yes, yes. And you can see uh, these videos on the WGN radio page too. Well, they okay. might have gotten that idea from you. We did first concerts a while. Yeah, we back. did. Yeah, yes. We did. They're yeah. copying you. That's yeah. right. Not a bad, not a bad choice. So, copyright Stephen Johnny show. <laughs> Pay us royalties. Yes. <laughs> okay, because it is still Saturday. Mm-hmm. Because we're it's before midnight. I want you to turn up your speakers and listen to this. A little music can bring a lot of light. On the final Saturday of every August, musicians from around the world join together to play music on their porch or their front yard or the nearest mountain in Zimbabwe. Play Music on the Porch Day is one of the largest collaborative musical performances in history, showcasing thousands of artists playing for the joy of music. So join us the way that so many have since 2014 by registering for free at playmusicontheporchday.com and we'll add you to the global map so you're part of the official count. Then just go outside and play some music, sharing a video of your jam session with hashtag Play music on the porch day. 
Invite as many musicians as you can and get ready to sing, strum, or play to the beat of your own drum on the last Saturday of August this year. Play music on the Porch Day, a collaborative concert leveraging music for peace. Porch not required. I love this. We're going to do that next year. Yeah. We're going to get I, I, some momentum going so that people will do this. Because I... We know that there are several of our friends uh, down in Panama City yeah. Beach uh, and along the Gulf Coast that are... They, they have various venues or porches, and they're doing videos. And if you're listening to us on the left coast or someplace... Uh, well, it's still not midnight here in Chicago. Go on your porch, take a video, and <laughs> I mean... I love this. I know. And that's one of the things we love about our house in Florida. We have a porch. Yeah. And it's great therapy to sit on the porch. You strum the guitar and people come by and they go, oh, they're in town. I heard the guitar. Go to YouTube and look up Play Music on the Porch. They have their own YouTube Mm -hmm. channel and they've got videos from literally all over the world. It's a fun idea. It really is. It, it, but it, I wonder if it's just like a small town thing where people, because I know in Panama City, there were gatherings. Mm-hmm. People say, I don't have a porch, but come to my porch yeah. and we, you know, we'll have a video camera set up and we'll just have some fun and we'll have a jam. And they were jamming all afternoon. And I think it was over 100 degrees and these people were out. said, I wouldn't miss it for the world. So somehow we need to organize something yes. for next year. Yes. Assuming we're find, still doing this this time a, next year. And, I see. Find a big porch, a big wraparound porch yeah. where we could hang out and... I just think it's a such a cool but idea. I like the idea. You guys know that just a couple of weeks ago there was the um, turn your lights on night. Mm-hmm. I forgot what the name was, but everybody was supposed to turn their lights on and then come out on the street and talk. And there was to each little other. or no publicity about this. And it was like well, I would have done that. I would have told my neighbors to do that. We could have stood out on the street just to make a statement, but no, nobody knew anything about it. It just came and went. So. We and we tried. found out kind of after the fact that our, our local police department was doing something yeah, with that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We try to keep you up to date on these things. Like, we came in tonight and said I felt like there was a party and we kind of missed it. Uh, I know up at Ravinia, it's boys to men tonight. Mm-hmm. Bob mentioned at Wrigley last night it was the Jonas Brothers. Oh, yeah. But I don't think there's anything, um, Today, no, no big concert like that that you had to drive through to get here, right? right. Yeah, no. <laughs> But it's been a it's been a hopping week, that's for sure. And I think the only thing going on uh, today really was uh, well, socks and and festivals and, bears and yeah. festivals and neighborhood festivals. Speaking of socks, yeah. Oh, I I have to. We were talking about this off the air. <sighs> what a week for the socks! Uh, not only in terms of how they've been playing. But what the heck happened at the park last night? And I know Ron's been uh, giving us updates on this, but we still don't know whether the shot came from inside the park, outside the park. Uh, what the heck is going on? Yeah. And, and the mere fact that we sit here and we talk about this. <sighs> Full disclosure. My opinion, not necessarily Johnny's. Uh, We don't live in the city of Chicago. If we had, I would have voted for Johnson. Now that he's in office, 
tap dancing? Give us some answers. We, d- we need a whole lot more than poetry. And uh, this city is feeling less and less safe by the day. We shouldn't be sitting here talking about, oh, did the gunshot at uh, Guaranteed Rate Field come from within the field or outside? That shouldn't even be on our radar. Mm-hmm. What the heck is going on? And I guess I find myself saying, well, does that really matter? Um, the the fact that two you know, people innocently sitting there ended up being shot does it matter that well i guess it does because they're supposed to go through security yeah and if you go through security and you had a gun on you and there's some altercation in the stands and you felt that this was the only way to settle it yeah that that's a problem i mean i mean the key thing is why were two people shot yeah secondary question inside outside the park why the heck are we even talking about this yeah and why we didn't mention this on the air, but I'm, I'm going to relate this. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Johnny and I were getting ready to head home. We go down into the parking lot that is in this building. And as we're down there, we hear what sounds like cars drifting all over the place. Loud. And sure enough, that's what it was. Speaking of Fast and the Furious, it was like a. Yes. It, was, it sounded like a scene from Fast and the Furious. It was your first experience with the. Yes. Oh, it's not as bad as it used to be. It used oh. to be every every Saturday and I think every Wednesday. Wow. On Lower Wacker, Lower Lower, I guess technically. Right. So, so we waited till it got quiet. Then, as we pulled out, there were two cop cars right across from the entrance to the garage kind of blocking off traffic and you could see where the, the drifting had been you could smell the rubber and we smelled the rubber all the way out to lakeshore drive they oh. used to they used to do it from basically right here and they would hit the they would start on lower lower whacker and they'd hit the exit ramp that comes up to michigan oh. and then they would go from michigan all the way down and then just make the make the turn at the end of Wacker and mm-hmm. come all the way back. And it used to be every Wednesday and every Saturday, but then they put the speed bumps, they put in a couple more speed bumps oh. and kind of started to put a little bit more police presence on Saturday nights and whatever. And since then, they don't really gather down there all that often, but well, occasionally you'll yeah. still, you'll still the, well, run into Well, this was 3 it. o'clock in the morning, and we, yeah. we figured that the police were just there just to keep them in a controlled sort of area. Sort keep them cordoned into this you know, area. say, stay here. If you're going to do this, stay here. Just don't get out on Michigan Avenue. But it was pretty scary, because I thought, all right, as soon as that garage door opens, we are in the midst of it. And that was... One of those things where we just stayed in the in the garage and said, you know what, if we are here past time, we're going to have to pay more money to get out of here, but I'm not leaving. Yeah, And that was, ooh. But the point is, it, it's part of a whole, a whole bunch of things that make this city feel less safe. And I love this city. Yeah. And there's so much, so much going for it that... And I just don't want people to be so frustrated thinking that they can't come here. You can. Yeah. You do. I mean, I, the picture that I took tonight, the activity going back and oh, yeah, forth to wonderful. Navy Pier was just amazing and exciting. But 
I don't know what the answer is. I wouldn't want to be the mayor. I no. because I don't even know where to. But begin. if I was the mayor, I wouldn't tap dance around poetry. Yeah. I would give real answers. Yeah. Okay. I guess my harangue's over for the moment. <laughs> so enough sighing. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. We have people listening to us all over the country tonight, and mm-hmm. we really appreciate that because folks are tuned in like Gina in Colorado, and we got folks listening to us like Jean in Greenville, South Carolina, and then we got all of our great listeners like Chuck and Hobart and Patrice. In fact, I've got to take a moment to say hello to Patrice Tentari because she said, could you say my name? Because every week she's there, <laughs> and I seem to over look patrice in highland indiana and jan is in her laboratory or is it her Mm. laboratory and uh brian lefevre he's a regular and we thank you brian he's in bridgeport and nancy's in northbrook and mags and dr cryptosis will be listening when he gets off work if they Mm. drive in Speaking of the drive-in, we got to do something with the drive-in before oh, yeah. the season is over. Uh, Helen, of course, is in Kenosha. Thank you, Helen. Bobby Danos, our buddy in Sandwich, Illinois. And Richard is in Lansing. And David Shapiro and Jean Jacobson's in Milwaukee. And Carlene and Christine in Plainfield. And Peter Jakubowitz. And David is in Bloomington, Illinois. And Jean, as I said, is in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, oh, Port Charlotte, Florida. Robin is tuned in tonight. Warren, Michigan. Jenny is listening. Atlanta. David is listening. David Garcia. And listening on her Seed Crane radio is Susie. Thank you, Susie. Kenosha is Sharon. Bev is in Door County. Uh, I miss Door County. Yeah. Uh, Diane's listening in Prospect Heights. And Pell Lake, Wisconsin. Dorothy Orson is tuned in tonight. We thank you all for tuning in. And speaking of people listening in Florida, a couple weeks ago we were supposed to have headed south to our uh, little yellow house in Panama City Beach. And we chose not to because it was just getting crazy down there. It was Uh, too hot. Too hot. Incredibly hot. And uh, now, just as we're thinking about, oh, our our trip has been delayed. Maybe we'll make this a Labor Day thing. No. It looks like this next week things are going to get real interesting. So we thought we would go right to the source and go to WJHGTV, where their chief meteorologist, Chris Smith, is kind enough to step in here tonight. How are you doing tonight, Chris? I'm wonderful. So it's it's y'all's fault that uh, we got all this hot weather? Because we were doing okay. I mean, it's Florida. It's all relative. Yeah. We were doing okay most of the summer. And then, like, the end of July, beginning of August, it's just been... Unreal. Oh, triple yeah. digits. Triple digits. <laughs> so now on top of the triple digits, you may have a serious storm, maybe a hurricane uh, headed uh, your way? Yeah, it's a possibility. Um, you know, right now there's still a lot of uncertainty. I was just looking at some of the latest information uh, this evening. And, uh, you know, the average error uh, when you go out or, you know, what, let's see, it's Saturday nights. So we have Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. So we're at like three and a half days, we'll say. It's still over 100 miles, you know. So if you go 100 miles from Panama City, that gets you that's to Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, that's a huge difference as far as what kind of impacts you might see and stuff like that. So there's still a lot that can change. You know, if the track is a little bit farther west, we see maybe storm surge, wind and rain. If it goes a little bit to the east, then maybe all we see is some rain. Um, yeah, there's even a potential we don't even see much rain if it goes far enough to the east. So 
Right now, we're kind of in a watch and wait. Hurricane hunters are going to go out and check this thing out tomorrow, and that will be good. We'll get some valuable data uh, to go into the com- uh, computer models tomorrow night. And then I'm hoping tomorrow night, Monday, we'll have a much better idea. I think we'll see some sort of watches for the United States probably issued tomorrow night. Uh, so uh, we'll just kind of watch and wait. But right now, indications are tropical storm, maybe a low-end hurricane. But as uh, as good or the as Sometimes limitations we have, even with, like, say, track forecast, talking about the 100 miles, intensity forecasting is worse. So mm-hmm. we're actually fairly decent at the track stuff, even though 100 miles makes a huge difference. The intensity, not so much. Uh, and so, you know, that's why we, you always want to watch and, you know, be careful. At this point, you're usually at about within 15 to 20 miles per hour is where the error is. So, mm-hmm. you know, 20 miles an hour makes a difference as you get uh, farther out. But sure. right now, everything's fine here at the beach. Everyone's just complaining about the heat because it's really hot. But mm-hmm. we're, we're watching, we're waiting, uh, but there's no panic buttons. Basically, at this point, you're just putting to make, if you haven't done so, you have your little hurricane kit that you should have put together. If you have that, check in once or twice a day. That's all we need to do at this point. Mm-hmm. If you don't have it, out to you know the local hardware store, pick up the supplies you need, and then uh, just kind of hunger down for the time being. But uh, we're watching it, we're ready for it, and uh, hopefully, you know, at least for us being selfish, if it slides a little bit farther east, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons we want to check in with you, uh, not only because it looks like it could impact our little yellow house, our <laughs> parts of Florida, but also uh, because of the way things have gone this year, correct me if I'm wrong, but chances are, since we are now into hurricane season, that the hurricanes that we may get may be more serious than we've seen in a while. Am I correct on that? Well, I mean, you know, there's so much that goes into uh, what makes a hurricane strong? Like right now, the Gulf of Mexico is—it's almost disgusting how warm it is. Yeah, you know we're in we're in the upper 80s right now, 88, 89 degrees. Uh, pools around here are well up into the 90s right now. So um, that's one ingredient that, with the abnormal warm weather as of late, that would tend to make storms in theory stronger. But then there's other things, like uh, El Nino tends to make a little bit more wind shear, and that would be something that would kind of decrease uh, the intensity of storms. And so no one really knows 100% sure, like, what is going to happen. Uh, as to Every scenario, every storm is going to be under a different kind of um, set of atmospheric conditions mm-hmm. uh, that can be impacted by different things, whether maybe it's, uh, wind shear, or maybe it's uh, more of the hot water, and you don't have the wind shear for that. All this stuff kind of ebbs and flows. So the potential, of course, is there for you know really strong storms. But I mean, it's not necessarily a guarantee that every storm that we see is going to be more intense. As a matter of fact, so far this year, most of the storms, other than Franklin, which is uh, rapidly intensifying out in the Atlantic, but thankfully should stay away from land areas. Um, most of the storms have been fairly weak, although we have seen a you know, fair number of storms. Did you go to a football game today in these unbelievably hot temperatures? Did I see a picture of you you, you posted? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was brutal. Yeah. Uh, my son had, uh, we're already playing football down here. My son had his uh, first official game. Jamboree was last week, and that was really bad. But today was even worse. The only saving grace is because I work in TV. The coaches like me to shoot uh, 
the shoot the games oh. so they can go back and look, look at the plays and oh. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I get to, I get to go up to the press box in the oh. air. <laughs> That's good. Well, we don't want to keep you, but for anyone who, and I know there are a lot of people who look at this last week of August because the kids aren't back in school yet, or they say, this is when we're going to take our vacation. You're just saying, just watch, listen, you know, before you hit the road. Yeah, exactly right. At this point, it's just kind of watch and wait. You know, Mm -hmm. if, um, you know, if I had... Uh, if I didn't have flexibility and I had a scheduled vacation, I'm flying in from, you know, midway on Southwest down to Panama City Beach at this point. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no reason to change your plans. Okay. Um, you but know, also we- the next couple of days, I mean, obviously we'll, we need to watch it. But uh, at this point, there's, I don't advise anyone to change their plans. Good. But speaking of watching, uh, very quickly, I know we got to wrap up, but we should mention that we're watching you every day, and uh, anybody who has Roku, you can just click yeah. into WJHG and uh, check out Chris's latest forecast. That's right. Well, Isn't technology amazing? It is. I love it. Thank you, Chris, for joining and, and, us. Hey, and let me know, and I, I can go down and uh, check on that yellow house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks a bunch, Chris. Take care. Thanks a lot, Chris. That's Chris Smith. He is the chief meteorologist for WJHGTV in Panama City Beach. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Any, Traveling man. Any excuse to play that song, right? Yep. But the best excuse is to talk to the traveling man, the travel detective, the guy that you hear here on WGN. He gives you the eye on travel. He is the one and only Peter Greenberg. How hey, Peter. are you, Peter? Good evening, guys. Hi. Nice to talk to you because... Your ears must be burning because a couple of weeks ago we got on the subject of travel and the business of passports came up. And the question, it, it's just, I guess it's the overriding question. Why is it still taking so darn long to get a passport? Can you answer that? I can. Uh, well, first of all, let's go back to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. During the pandemic, almost every U.S. passport agency sent their people home. Everybody was working from home, but they really weren't working because you physically cannot issue a passport without being in the office. So the passport waiting times went from a couple of weeks to like five to six months. Mm -hmm. And we haven't fully recovered from that because when everybody started coming back to the office, that's when everybody wanted to go traveling again. So the demand curve went through the roof for new and renewed passports. So we're coming to the end of the summer, and that's good news because that means that the waiting list or the waiting time for new or renewed passports will go down from about three months to about maybe six weeks. Oh. Uh, and now's the time to go do it. Otherwise, you, you may be finding yourself unable to travel in 2024 without that passport. Wow. That's some great so news. Do it, that, that's wonderful news. Yeah. Now, and I'd like to clarify, because we were listening to you, uh, I think it was a week or so ago, we should clarify for some people there, the difference between passport and visa, because they're two different entities. And, yes. and you were talking about uh, some questions about what's going to happen with some possible visa implementation over in, in Europe. And uh, it was a fascinating discussion. But can you, can you kind of underscore the difference between visa and passport? Sure. A passport allows you to leave the United States and travel the world. However, there are many, many countries 
that require you to have a visa before they'll let you enter those countries. The good news is there are fewer and fewer of those countries. The U.S. passport remains relatively strong in that regard. But starting in January, if they if they keep, if they keep their word, there's something called an ETIAS. It's an electronic visa that will be required to enter the European Union countries, hmm. 26 of those. Now, you can do it online. It's a nominal fee. Uh, other countries have it, like Australia and, uh, and Kenya and many others. But you better get that because if you get to the airport and you don't have that piece of paper, the airline will not board you on the flight because they'll be fined substantially for transporting somebody who hasn't been cleared. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty serious. So if you're doing your own booking, you better do your homework. But if you're going through an agent, that's a different story. That's their job to inform you about all these important papers that you have to have before you travel. Yes, but it's still your responsibility. Absolutely. But speaking of whose responsibility is what, we ran into an an interesting conundrum uh, over the past month, dealing with a friend renewing his passport. He's planning on going out of the country. He had a passport, but he renewed a passport. But in the meantime, in, in booking his travel, he you know, gave the, the number for the passport. Then he gets a, his new passport, didn't realize it was going to be a different number. Then Johnny was jumping through hoops trying to help him with, okay, do we go to the airline? Do we go to the travel agency? And each one kept saying, no, talk to the other person. The travel agent sent me to the airline. The airline said, no, it's their job. I went back to the I, back and forth. And no, fi- it's, not, it's not the travel agent's job. It's your job to deal with the airline. And you can do that. Uh, it's not a difficult thing to do, but you have to do it before you get to the airport. Well, I finally did get someone, to be honest with you. I just, I said, look, I'm, I'm just trying to help someone. This is a trip of a lifetime. We can make this or break this. And she said, you know what? Here's how you do it. And it was as simple as go to the website for the airline and take a picture of his new passport. And that right. inputs it so that when he gets to the airport, you don't have to worry about that stress of, oh, is it going to be updated? Are they going to let me on the plane? And, I, and that so that was a learning experience. And Peter, to be honest with you, I feel stupid saying this, but I didn't realize that you get a different passport number. I'd never really looked at it to see that it was different from passport to passport. Of course, every passport number that you're going to get, whether it's a new one or a renewal, will be a different number. Well, I hope that I'm not the only one in the world that just learned that. And I was kind of surprised because for for some reason, I guess my pea-sized brain thought, okay, kind of like your social security number, they're going to keep the same number, but but no. Not true. Because remember, remember, once you renew a passport, they cancel the old one. Along with that goes that number. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Peter, I, I have to ask you probably the, the most important question I'm going to ask you all night long. Do you have your own travel song playlist, or are you sick of all of them? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not have my own travel song playlist, but I always appreciate hearing what other people think it might be. <laughs> Well, I want to get partly personal with you before we get back to the subject of of passports, if I may. Uh, You just had an anniversary, didn't you? Well, yes. I've I've celebrated my fourth wedding anniversary. Couldn't be happier. 
my first marriage, and I'm happy to say my last. I love your story. It's a wonderful story, Peter. You you had just kind of committed to the fact that you were the traveling man, and you weren't going to get married, and boom, you saw her, she saw you, and the rest is history four years ago. And I'm, we're still making history, which is the best thing ever. That is wonderful. But it has changed your traveling, hasn't it? Because now you're, you're not away as often as you were or for as long as you were before. Actually, exactly the opposite. I'm traveling just as much, if not more. She travels with me on just about every trip I make. Nice. That's what keeps us together. Yeah. And uh, no, we're, we're today you're talking to me in New York. One of the few days I'm here, uh-huh. uh, I'll be on a plane in two days, and you know we're going all over the world again. That's awesome. Because, oh, that's wonderful. Because, as yeah. you know, our radio show on WGN mm-hmm. is broadcast from a different location in the world sure. every single week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But see, uh, okay, again, partly personal. Is there anything that she whispered in your ear and said, "Okay, I, I'd really like to go to fill in the blank." Yeah, she really liked to stay home. (laughs) (laughs) I get it, yeah. (laughs) You know, packing and unpacking gets really old after a while, I would imagine. But you've mastered it. I'm sure you do all carry-on, don't you? There are two kinds of airline bags, carry-on and lost. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Boy, is that the truth. It's hard to it's hard to master that though because I'm thinking yeah if I'm going to Europe I'm going to take some fabulous clothes with me or just buy them yes, when I'm but there. You know what I had to but I had to teach her a few things too about how you know a great little black outfit can you know have a multi purpose. Yeah, uh, you don't need to pack twelve <laughs> pairs of shoes. Um, and what really comes in handy because we do, on international flights to be honest. We do have to check bags. Mm-hmm. So those Apple AirTags come in very handy. You know, yeah. that's also a good question because somebody, uh, we were talking about traveling just the, the other night, and he said, are they okay to have on your carry-on on the plane? And I said, why, why wouldn't they be? But there was some question oh, no. about batteries, and I said, I... No, 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 no. This is not an issue whatsoever. Good. Uh, although, if you have to put an air tag on your carry-on bag, you're not paying attention. Yeah, but some people put the air tag on their their um, you know their iPod or their their earbuds or their, whatever sure. you know <laughs> their kid. I suppose you can, but but the real key here is on the check-in bags, and I can tell you from personal experience that I've had arguments with airlines all over the world where I've had to tell them where my bag was because they didn't know. Mm-hmm. We had a situation we reported on the air just the other day that a woman flew from San Francisco to New York. They lost her bag. She had the air tags. She found out exactly where they were. The airline wouldn't listen to her. So she got on a plane, flew back out to San Francisco, and got them herself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think she should bill the airline for that. Yes. I hope she does. Wow. Wow. Uh, but that brings up an interesting question. How far do you go when you are having a disagreement with the airline? At what point do you kind of say, okay, no, I'll, I'll, I'll wait till I get back home and deal with this? How far do you push? Well, here's the deal. Pro, uh, from a, I'll give you a preliminary response. Mm-hmm. You should never take a no 
from somebody who's not empowered to give you a yes in the first place. So seek out who that person is at the moment it happens. Be nice. Don't be combative. Create a paper trail so you get first and last names Mm -hmm. and titles, witnesses when necessary. And then we live in a world now where you have other options in your toolbox. Uh, We've had situations where uh, people couldn't get their refund back or the airline wouldn't listen to them when they had a perfectly good case. And they went to small claims court and won. Hmm. And uh, so there are other options available to you now. What can you expect, though, when you're you're delayed? And next thing you know, that delay becomes you got to go to a hotel, and then it's the next day that you're going to be flying out. I, I mean, do you have rights that you could say, well, you're going to pay for this, this, and this. you got to give me food money. I, I mean... Right now, right now, you have some very vague mission statements mm-hmm. from airlines about what they'd like to do, but we don't have any rules yet in this country. In the European Union, there's European Rule Number 261, which has been around for a long time, and that provides immediate compensation and accommodation and meals, etc. We do have a set of proposals now that the U.S. Department of Transportation has issued, but like everything else that the federal government does, it needs a 60-day to a 90-day period of comments and public hearings. So the reality is, We will not see those rules, and we don't know what form they're going to be in yet. We probably won't see them until the first of the year. Hmm. And what kind of rights do you have when you are on the plane and you're just sitting there? What was the story we just saw uh, within the past week? It was like at least a four-hour just sit there on the plane, no air, no No nothing, sweltering temperatures. It was just an absolute... Well, in that case, you do have... Uh, recourse because about 10 years ago, after so many people had that experience uh, on planes, the U.S. DOT issued the tarmac delay rule. And what it says is this anytime the plane pushes back from the gate with you in it, mm-hmm. and they keep you out there for more than three hours without returning to the gate, the airline is liable to a fine of up to $27,500 wow. per passenger not per incident, per passenger. That's pretty stiff. And on a fully loaded 737, we're talking seven figures. So in the 10 years that rule's been implemented, I can count maybe five instances where the planes didn't get back to the terminal, one of which just happened last week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, Quick question from a listener, and I'm going to shift gears on you for a minute here, uh, Peter. Sure. A listener wants to know about a destination wedding in Maui in April of 2024. They're starting to, I would imagine, panic about what do we do, what kind of changes do we make. What would you say to that person? Well, right now, it's a sort of double-edged sword. People are conflicted about it because we're still dealing with the devastation. They still have not identified most of the missing. Uh, it truly is devastated in West Maui and Lahaina. Uh, and there's an emotional component there, as you can imagine, a mm-hmm. large one. At the same time, the reality is that Hawaii is a state where the entire GDP is basically travel and tourism. It's a huge economic driver, a huge job creator, mm-hmm. and people's livelihoods depend on it. And so you'll probably see within the next two weeks a slight but uh, distinct change 
in approach from those islands of Hawaii, asking people to please come back, Mm -hmm. but to do so responsibly and sensitively. Now, I don't know where our listeners' destination wedding is, if it's in Hawaii or in Maui, Mm -hmm. but for anybody listening who had plans to go or who wants to have plans to go, the way you be responsible is you pick up the phone, you call the hotel, you have a conversation with their general manager, find out what their situation is, whether they think they can reasonably accommodate you physically. Remember, so many hotels are putting up people right now who are workers there who lost everything. Right. And I mean everything. So find out if they can accommodate you, and in many cases, how you can also help. And one way you can help, certainly going down the road, is by an infusion of, 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 of money in the form of travel and tourism if it's done responsibly. Mm-hmm. So have those conversations. Don't rule anything out. And keep in mind that the rest of the other Hawaiian islands are open for business. Yeah. And uh, they would love to have you. Yeah, good point. Uh, because I know there was a uh, kind of a big stink last week. A couple of celebrities had come out, and and they were basically, uh, Jason Momoa was one of them that said, you know, you've got to give us time to heal. And some of the businesses were going, whoa, 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 don't send people away. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're still in business, and we're there's hurting your, too. There's your double-edged sword. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're staying up late for us. We were really appreciate it, Peter. Anytime you want to stop by, we'd love to chat with you. In fact, if, if you'd like, you and your wife would love to come in and hang, hang out, out with in us the sometime. studio. Yes, yes. And by the way, I'm not just saying this. You do great radio. You do. You really do. And we're so well, happy. Listen, thank you, guys. We're so happy, happy to have to come you. out and sit with you because Chicago, in my mind, is America's largest, greatest, most underrated city. Thank you. We appreciate that, Peter. And be safe, safe travels, and just enjoy yourself. Thank you. You got it, guys. Bye bye now. Peter Greenberg, you can hear Eye on Travel. And, and really, not just schmoozing. Peter does great radio. It is oh. such a fa- I forget, Where was it he was broadcasting from and he had the uh, uh, the guitar player in the studio? It was yes. like from some abbey or something in yes, some foreign yes. country. And um, it, last week when we uh, um, didn't make our connection with, us, uh, with him, uh, he was in the Nairobi. That yeah. was fascinating. Oh, my gosh. And... You know, again, I get exhausted when I listen to his schedule, but he's just always so upbeat and so raring to go. And I'm like, okay, he's doing exactly what he should be doing. We'll be right back on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Looking back on a track for a little green bag. (laughs) Was that the, oh, was it the George Baker selection? Ding, 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 ding. Ooh. Ooh. Where did that come from? Wow. That, now, let me ask you, that, what did you have for dinner yesterday? Uh, uh, I don't know. A great steak. Oh, you did? Yes. That's it was, right. It was a great <laughs> steak. You're right. Little Green Bay. George Baker selection. That was what? About 19... Late 60s, I think? 69. Ooh. All right. All right. Now, I need to know why that popped up in your... Mind, Julian. What? What? How does your mind work when it comes? Or to did it have anything to do with the picture that Johnny posted? <laughs> the cannabis picture. <laughs> I'll be honest. That, that's where my mind went. All this talk of, of cannabis and all that. Kind of <laughs> okay, stuff, that's, yeah, that's kind of where my, my mind has been. 
Now we're also going to get the munchies, right? <laughs> but what else is new? What else is new? And we're still working on this new feature that we're going to unveil. Right, Julian? We're going to do this mm-hmm. this midnight food oh, frenzy? Allegedly. Yes. The, the midnight snack. Yeah, we were going to do it this week, but then we, we, yeah. we hadn't worked out all the finer points of it. <laughs> it, just... ha- it hadn't been fully baked. <laughs> well, see, there you go. See? Again. So, <laughs> <a> marijuana. <laughs> okay. By the way, speaking of uh, the pictures, which you can see if you go to our uh, Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny show. And you can see some of the pictures that Johnny put up as we we're driving in. And you can see the video that she put up of the fireworks display at 10 o'clock. That is now uh, up there. And speaking of facebook and cyberspace and thingies of that nature it popped up on our calendar the world wide web officially opened to the public in 1991 this week in 1991 and we started doing website wednesday night in 92 because you remember, Probably, this, yeah. this was back in the day when we all had to say WWW. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> and, and we had our, our AOL discs. Oh, yes. And we still have a bunch of those. <laughs> how did our company have something to do with AOL? Oh, yeah. It, it was, oh, what the heck was it? The Tribune Company. The AOL WGN Chicago Radio. or something yeah. like that. And they wanted us to start. Um, Doing uh, our own little uh, groups. Groups. Uh, yeah. There was a name for it, though. Um, gosh. Oh, like message boards. Yeah, something like that. But but it was it was specifically like Chicago AOL or AOL Chicago or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and and speaking of technology, uh, just this week for those of you that are paying attention to Threads. Or if you're not paying attention, I kind of think you should. Uh, Threads just uh, launched their desktop. Mm-hmm. So you could do it on your phone, but as of this week, now you can, on your laptop or your desktop computer, you can access Threads, which is kind of fun. AOL chat rooms? Yeah. Is that but, what it was? Uh, A listener just texted. And said yeah, but, but there rooms. was it was something specific to the Tribune and Chicago Chicago Online. Online, that's, that's right. That's what it was. And it was a big deal. Because and it, really it, it, took was, off. it was America Online and then and it was Chicago, Chicago Online. Online. And it was really fun because you felt like you were in the beginning, of, and we were in the beginning yeah. of, of something like it never, ever but the, been but done. But that before. was back in the days. <laughs> Julian, have you ever used a modem? Oh, yeah. Okay. The and, beep, and it beep, was beep, reasonably beep. reasonably fast because because it used to be, that used to be the deal. E- even when we would come into the station, we would have to sign on about fifteen minutes before we really wanted to <laughs> go get coffee. Use anything. My my mother had a rule: mm-hmm. no no using the modem for the internet during the daytime because it tied up the phone line. Oh, <laughs> oh that's but, right, Gabe. But but right. <laughs> I, I actually I actually was jumping on to say I'm glad you mentioned the threads thing because. That was one thing that had bothered me is that you couldn't use it on a computer, and now, yeah. now yeah. thanks thanks to your wise words, sir, I have now just uh, logged into the thre- my Threads account on the computer. Well, mm-hmm. cool. So, it looks good too. I'm digging Threads. So, uh, frankly, I think Threads is 
finally at the point where, and they still have a long way to go, but they're starting to replace Twitter slash X. I certainly hope so. As far as some information sources. Mm-hmm. But, 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 uh, but again, back to the modem thing, it was, uh, you know, my mother was always like, do not tie up the phone line during the day. <laughs> But then the problem was, I would tie up the phone line at night, and that's how I got used to staying up late at night. Oh. And it, w- it was a big deal if you wound up having two phone lines put in so you could actually yes. have your computer on a separate yes. I forgot all about that, Gabe. You know, if, if any of my nieces or nephews are listening right now, you're getting an education on how life used to be, kids. Yes, yes. But you do remember how you would fire it up, and you just oh, it would take for Hey, Gabe, be- before you get away, Gabe, I want to. I'm segueing for a second, but and I'm going to go someplace. I don't know if I should go or not, but I'm going to, and hope you don't mind. Uh, you posted something fascinating on Facebook earlier this week that you also have been very active as a sports writer. Oh yeah, I've been uh, been sports writing since 2011, mm-hmm. and um, I've written for a handful of places, both here locally and nationally as well. And uh, looking to get back into that because I've kind of been uh, inactive in that department for the last few months. So, but uh, yeah, I've been, I've been, in fact, it was as a sports writer that I started getting credentialed by the teams here locally, both pro and college. And that kind of, that, that, that kind of is like the bulk of my, my sports journalism experience. But uh, yeah, I've, I've done it for uh, 11 or 12 of the last 22 years that I've been in this business. So uh, it's definitely opened some doors for me, and I like to think that some of that also helped me get in here to WGN, which I, mm-hmm. so I'm very happy here. By the way, let me just let me just state that in case anyone's li- anyone's listening, that's important. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So I, I you know, so I, about half of the time that I've been in this industry, I've been I've been doing sports writing. Um, you know, everyone knows it's no secret. I've been a huge sports fan my whole life. In sure. fact. In fact, my wife hates that most of my TV viewing consists of just sports. So, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, so I'm just looking to get back into it. And so, you know, I've, I haven't done it in a while, and uh, just looking to get active in that area again. Well, well, and just from from our uh, vantage point of, of watching Gabe and knowing Gabe, oh boy, does he know sports. So, if anybody wants it, and we don't want someone to take you away from us or from WGN, but if uh, oh, anyone no, is interested, how would they contact you if they said, Gabe, we want you to do some writing for us? Yeah, you could easily find me uh, on uh, on either Facebook, Twitter, or Threads, and even Instagram. Just look up my name, Gabe Salgado, or my handle, Gabe Salgado 82 And you have to start thinking about a little feature we could do in the 1 o'clock hour where you tell us the best sports story of the week, something that may not make it on the front page or the back page or the wraparound. In in fact, I will give you the name for the feature, and this is something that we used to do years ago. The name for the feature is Sports Between the Sheets. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Are Are you willing to take that on? I, I will certainly give it a try. Give it, give it some thought because this will be one of those stories where you go, man, I wish this would get some play because this is such yeah. a cool story, and it does not get that you know top tier attention. Mm-hmm. And it could be something silly. It could be something just really pretty amazing. Don't worry about it for tonight, but but yeah. maybe maybe next week we'll start it. As well, well, well that's... sports between the sheets. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> okay. Okay. It'll be in the one o'clock hour. By the way, the listener says, oh my God, you guys are bringing back such memories with AOL. We needed it for work, so we had to install it. And if you still have an AOL account, as we do, yeah. ain't nothing wrong with that. AOL, th- so many people diss AOL nothing email. Nothing wrong with it. AOL email 
is one of the more secure yes. email sources. Their spam filters are really good. It's amazing. And yet people go, what? Hey, well, because there's one that I actually use mm-hmm. so that I don't, my, my regular account doesn't get logged down yeah. with all kinds of spammy stuff. And AOL is great about weeding that junk mm-hmm. out. And But you give that address to something, like, really? This is 2023. You got yeah. an AOL account? Yeah. How many, in fact, I know we have to break, but I'm just trying to think of how many email accounts we have we have so many different email accounts some are for business some are personal some are Are for spam uh, yeah yeah so if you sign up for something you can use that address and that way you don't get all that crap in your regular um, email box Um, but that reminds me we have to uh cancel one account that we've had for years and i think they're still deducting five dollars from us every month that we never use <laughs> it anymore so it's 4.99 a month yeah. I'm like do the math how many years <laughs> wow we're gonna take a break we'll come right back here on wgn that's good stuff i like that steve king and johnny putman on wgn radio julian what is it i like it so it is a song called uh, diablo rojo from a mexican duo that goes by Rodrigo y Gabriela. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. I should have guessed that. In fact, they were in Chicago, oh, uh, within the past year. They're really, really good. And you should look them up on YouTube and check out a lot of their videos. Speaking of people who are in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, quick note, uh, after 11 o'clock, our buddy Joel Patterson's going to join us, and he's going to be uh, playing some of the songs from his brand new album. Mm-hmm. But speaking of terrific guitar players, we had hoped to surprise Joel with uh, an additional in-studio guest tonight. Uh, Tommy Emanuel is in town, and uh, we heard from Tommy, and he said he wanted to do it, but the way that his show is timing out, he's at the Old Town School of Folk Music tonight, he said by the time he gets through with the show... And then he does the post-show meet-and-greet and and signing and things like that. It would just be too late. But he promised when he's going to be back, I believe it's in October, October. he said he's going to uh, stop by and hang out with us in the studio. He'll be at the Park West in October Mm -hmm. because this weekend was all sold out because it was sponsored by Fretboard Magazine. Yeah, Fretboard Magazine, right. A listener says, AOL, stop it. You're dating yourself. Yeah. We know. We were there then when it all started. Been there, done that. And I just did a quick... um, uh, a bit of research here 30 years ago there were i find this hard to believe 623 websites i find that very hard 30 years ago yes that doesn't make sense. we're, we're going to have to verify that with patrick today there's 1.13 billion yeah that doesn't surprise but me. 30 years ago the number one so site, 30 years we're just going back to i know 93 yeah. I know. That's isn't that crazy? That's got to be wrong. Less than a thousand, and the number one site was AOL. It really was. And isn't isn't Google number one today? I'm I not think, sure who's number one today. I think That's Google a good question. Or, or maybe Google was, and then there was a a minute and a half when TikTok bumped Google because yeah, it was I think so popular. TikTok maybe. 
And I don't know if Google regained its position, but, you know, we can talk about that with Patrick next week when he joins us. But a listener said, how did you connect with Patrick? And that's a good story because it all happened when we read a feature in USA Today. And we we had been – we'd kind of been going up against management talking about computers. Uh, Oh. Spike O'Dell – and the two of us were the only ones who were really talking about uh, computers. And there was a program director saying, why are you wasting your time? No one cares oh, no about one cares computers. About computers. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> running a radio station. No one cares about computers. She was gone by the time they brought him in and made yeah. everybody learn them. Uh, <laughs> that's a different story. Uh, but we were really concerned because people were quickly becoming aware that there are ways to be abused on the internet and you could get a free pair of nike shoes if you jump through certain number of hoops or you could send money to someone and they would triple your money and we said you know this is this is kind of scary we got to start addressing this and that was one of the things that we initially started doing and patrick was interviewed by usa today and he was called an internet mythologist where? So And we read the article, and we thought, well, that's cool. So we uh, did a little looking around and found out that Patrick was uh, down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And we said, uh, would you like to join us some night and, and kind of talk about some of these Internet myths? So he did. We had a good time with him. And then about a week or two later, we said, do you want to come back and join us again? And we had a good time. He had a good time. People liked what he had to say. And... Patrick Crispin went from being a student at the University of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, to now he's heading up the computer department (laughs) at at, USC. USC. Yes. Uh, But he was always a great educator. We knew that that's where he was going to end up going because he was so patient with people. And so it evolved from the, we want to protect you from these people who are going Mm -hmm. to take advantage of you. So, you know, scams have been around forever. Uh, In fact, we were talking about one coming into work tonight because we got a, on our landline, which we still have, uh, we got a message uh, on our landline warning us that there was a scam going on. And you could get a phone call from what looks like the police department. Your it local looks like your local uh, police yeah. department, and it's not. They're just spoofing the number. And the person on the other end of the line, and as you look at your, maybe you've got a uh, the ability to see that this person is calling you. Caller ID. On your answering machine, <laughs> which we still have. And, and then you realize... Well, it is the police department, and they're saying that I have a I have a fine, and I need to settle that fine. So here's my credit card number. And Bottom line: never no, give out your no. credit card number on the phone to someone who calls. Yeah. No. 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 Pretty scary stuff, though, because you know that I, I I can speak from experience. If my dad had got a call like that, he'd hang up and he would be shaking in his boots. Saying, oh, sure. I can't believe this. I didn't yeah. know I did something wrong. No, Dad, you didn't. You, calm down. You don't need to yeah. give anybody your information. And and anytime you get a call from someone and they're trying to make you feel anxious, if you don't do yeah. this, this horrible thing is going to happen. Big red flag right then. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Sorry. Not going to happen. Well, stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. If that music doesn't make you smile, there's something wrong. I love that. I I was smiling before the music started. 
I know. I know. We, we should have had a video of what's been going on during the newscast. Joel Patterson is in the studio with us. Uh, that was Joel's. Hey that was Joel's music. Great to be back. Yeah. Um, it's been a little while. And and if Joel sounds a little weird, it's because Joel's kind of leaning <laughs> over to talk to them. We're we're trying to adjust, the, set up the microphones. The because chairs are so high and they roll, so he gets in the chair and then he taps his foot and he goes rolling across the studio. It's and, a, it's the guitar like a, is the problem, basically, and the chair. It, yeah. It's you like a band no three studios studio here, except for the. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think of the guitar players, but because there's arms on all the chairs. Yeah. Now, I think you can lower the arms on the chairs. No, we tried. Too. We already did that. Oh. <laughs> we did oh, that. Okay. Yes, but it really would have made. I felt it. like W. C. Fields definitely with the oh, yes. yeah. It would have made a good movie though, because we were just going. Well, try this up here, left, right, in, yeah. out. So maybe we should just play the CD, and I can just talk. <laughs> This is just. Little... I want you to be comfortable when you're talking because we want people to get to know you. Because as I said, it's such a treat to have you in here on a Saturday night. Joel is. You're a... back on Saturday nights. I'm yes, so excited. Yes, yes, and you're a busy, busy guy. Um, Joel has a brand new album out. I'm actually holding a piece of vinyl. Vinyl. In I my love hand. this. It's beautiful too, Joel. Thank you. It the, is. the album is called good. Wheelhouse Rag. And by the way, a uh, blatant plug: go to Joel Patterson. That's with one T. Dot com, and uh, you can see all about uh, Joel, and uh, we'll give you a different address, too, where you can go and you can order the album. Because oh, that, that'd be great. That's a different different place, a little more involved, but we'll put a link to that up on our website, Yeah, everything's – uh, my sorry, my website's always – I feel like I say this every time I'm you're on your show. My I'm going to update my website, and then, uh, <laughs> and then I come back on your show, I say the same thing. But that's I tell okay. people, just go to Instagram and Facebook, and um, you'll, you'll figure it out. But Wheelhouse Rag, tell us the story behind this. All original music. Yeah, I haven't done that in a while. I forced and myself to write 14 14- – Instrumental, guitar instrumentals. What, what gave you the idea to... It's one thing to write original instrumentals. It's yeah. another thing to go in this particular direction. What made you want to go in this direction? Well, I was inspired by a lot of things. It, the real story was... Uh, I hate to go back and tell a lockdown story because nobody wants to relive those days. No, but but a lot of people have been impacted by oh, yeah. COVID, lockdown. Everybody. And and musicians, yeah. In particular, really, yeah. A lot of soul-searching, but... Um, and some time to write songs and, and practice way too much. And I realized that you don't remember anything you practice uh, until you play it live in front of people. And I went through so many phases of practicing so many different things and hundreds of songs. And I was like, I'm going to be ready to come back. And I got a whole new repertoire. And, and I, you know, you don't remember any of them until you play them in front of people. You know, mm-hmm. it's a really weird thing. But anyway, that's a tangent. But, uh, Early on in the lockdown, when I thought it was going to last a couple weeks like everybody else, I was like, I'm going to make a record. I'm going to lock myself in my room and record an acoustic record. And I just made the album of Beatles instrumentals. Mm -hmm. So I still had them on my mind. And I was like, oh, I could have done that better. I want to learn some more Beatles songs. And so I said, I'm going to do an acoustic record of solo, guitar, Beatles, finger style, like Chet Atkins or Merle Travis Mm -hmm. plays the Beatles. So I learned uh, 14 more Beatles songs, and I set that up. And I, back then, you know, you... You had a week to like move the microphone around and find the mm-hmm. <laughs> the right spot and That's get right. the sound dialed in. We had to, I, Sleep a little, do yeah, it a little bit more. I wanted to learn "Martha, My Dear" by the by Paul McCartney on guitar, which at first didn't seem possible. But in the lockdown, we had time to do that, so I learned "Martha, My Dear" and recorded it. So I recorded that album. Didn't really have a way to put it out, and uh, and then about I don't know when I've lost track of time with that. 
I realized that I still had the mic and my preamp set up and my acoustic sitting there just exactly like I recorded that album. It's called Let It Be Acoustic Guitar. And I was like, you know, I always thought I was going to write a bunch of acoustic songs and record those. If I don't do those now, then I'm never going to do that, you mm-hmm. know, because we were just about to kind of go back to playing. And I was like, oh, things are going to get busy. There's going to be a mad rush to book gigs and get all our good gigs mm-hmm. back and figure out who's still available and what's going on. So I was like, I better go in and record that record. So I basically just for a month, I just locked myself in there and made myself write uh, these songs. And I did them, I call it Wheelhouse Rag because they're kind of ragtime, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of a loose term it means a lot of things to different people but ragtime to me is like country blues and delta blues they would do rags where they would play you know with their thumb and kind of what turned into merle travis picking mm-hmm. and chet atkins picking but it goes way back to the 20s and blues guys like blind blake that was my my big hero and reverend gary davis and and i wanted to write some songs like that and see if i could even do that because i was like how do you write songs of in an old style you know and uh, can you even do that so I made myself do it, and the reason it started, and it was because when I was learning these Beatles songs, if I can you hear my guitar, if I talk, yeah, we can. I learned these really hard Beatles melodies, like Martha, my dear. You. And I was really uptight learning these melodies, perfect, and harmonies got to get John and Paul's harmonies like just right and got to get these chords and make my own arrangements and then i'd go back to edit them and listen to what i recorded and after every song that i did of beatles there would be this little trail of me going just like blowing off steve you know just improvising on uh you know was like wow that that's just what i do to blow off steam so i tried to take those i was like why don't i record a record like that you know so but it actually wrote itself then kind of it but kind then of i went back and i tried to, to make it. those little yeah. ditties that kind of sound like songs you know because oh, they were fun, just little though. improvised little ditties and i was like i try to make new chord changes and but try to make is, melodies out of them so what you just told us is is how your mind worked when you were alone <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> being creative yeah. and this is a guy i had a better chair but I, 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 <laughs> well speaking of we better just got chair, you another chair <laughs> but we're going to take a break and you're going to be a happy camper when you look around and you see there is a chair with no, no arms, arms on it yeah just getting Woo-hoo. comfortable <laughs> we would like to say hello to the chair and let's find Woo-hoo. out if uh, joel patterson is with the chair <laughs> We got a new chair. I Yay! snap my fingers and they and we found out place apart. that we have the proper chairs in the kitchen here at WGN Radio, to which I said, we have a kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> I've never been down that hall, I guess. <laughs> Very nice. That was Joel doing Kitchen Rag. That's right. <laughs> I can always use some new song titles. Those are the hardest things to come up with are the song titles. That's a whole different well, I was story. Gonna you about that so you you get creative you write the song and then you've got a you 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 have like a genre of music that you're going for kind of going for a 1920s flavor but trying to do updated versions of it so then okay i'm just reading some of the song titles off the album what gave you the song title nelly's cream dream let me look at nelly's dream what is nelly's dream okay (laughs) i'll tell you the story about all of them because uh this is very influenced by this record called Walkin' the Strings by Merle Travis, which is uh, he, a bunch of little ragtime things he recorded for radio, little radio bumpers, and they capital put it out as a record. And mm-hmm. I think the record executives later made up all the song titles. Oh. Deke Dickerson tells a story that uh, 
And, well, and we should be playing a gig and. Uh, let me back up. Deke Dickerson, a legendary guitar player. Yeah, author, uh, who, just like you guys. Author, uh, who who you have toured with. Oh, yeah. And, uh, in fact, there's a video of you and Deke at, what was the festival you guys were at? Well, we just played in Spain last year. It was That might have been it. Yeah. But uh, what was I talking about? Deke said, oh, Merle Travis made a bunch of little ragtime snippets for radio bumpers like you guys use. Mm-hmm. Capitol Records put it out years later, and some executive made up all these song titles like huh. Pig Meat Stomp, Cannonball Stomp, the, this and that. And he, Merle Travis would play a gig, and somebody yells, play the Pig, pig Meat Stomp, and play this. And he's I don't know that song. What is that? You know? <laughs> oh, Those that's good. The song. So I've kind of felt like that. I can Sometimes I can't remember what they are either, oh. but there are little stories about all the songs. Well, I, don't know if I we have, have time to ask for you. Them. As a Southerner, I have to yeah. ask you about gizzards and chess pie. You know what chess pie is? Of course. Oh. I, I almost made you a chess pie tonight. Right. I we had this conversation before. I was going to make you a chess pie. I, I would not you. make you gizzards. Because, yes. yeah. Well, I went to the Chet Atkins convention, and mm-hmm. I met this incredible guitar player named Audie Wilkie, who could mm-hmm. play just like Jerry Reed. It mm-hmm. was superhuman. And we went out to dinner, and he ordered Gizzards and Chess Pie. And I just wrote that in my little oh. notebook of uh, song title ideas, Gizzards and Chess Pie. Oh, Someday maybe good. I'll write that song. I don't know. So I had one song title already <laughs> taken Do care of. Do you know that Brown's Chicken used to be very popular around here? You could they actually get you could get giz- no Gizzards. Ah. You could actually get fried chicken livers and Gizzards. I knew we'd go on these tangents. I can't remember. We were talking about <laughs> I, I would walk in and gizzards. order them for my dad, and I would say, I would like a pound of lizards. I mean, livers and gizzards. <laughs> well, Nelly's Dream, uh, I named after I was mixing the record with Alex Hall, the engineer, and uh, I was looking for a song title, and his dog, Nelly, was sleeping right there, and there you go. There's there you a song go. title. Nelly's yeah. Dream. It was kind of a lullaby-type song, you know. And um, Well, give us a little taste of it. Yeah, yeah. I'll play a little Nelly's Dream. nice yeah thank you <laughs> so this record wheelhouse rag is on jalopy records and there's a story behind that too right yeah they're a label that puts out great old-time music and they're in brooklyn, brooklyn. and somebody said you should send this to jalopy i was looking and during the pandemic i was looking for somebody to put it out i didn't have yeah. a label i didn't know how to get a record out and there was this long waiting list to get vinyl pressed and it just mm-hmm. seemed like i'd never get this record out i kind of forgot about it and i contacted uh, Jalopy Records and he was interested in, in putting out. So it finally came out after this kind of long wait and uh, it came out now and I had to go back and try to relearn all my old songs. But they let <laughs> you do as you've done in the past do the uh, the design yeah. and the layout and the everything that's, that looks very retro, you did. Oh, that's you. kind of your yeah, signature. I have a good time doing the graphic yeah. design and this I designed in this flavor that's very dear to me. These when I, when I first started playing guitar, I'd buy all these blues reissue records, you know, mm-hmm. of this old time picking, and they're 
they all had this kind of look our Hooli records smithsonian yazoo uh prestige bluesville i kind of combined this field to, to do the record looks it's not, automatically older retro well i'm yeah. getting old so i might as well just <laughs> play it up yeah well, they, those they, of you who are old enough to remember uh, mercury in Chicago, and uh, yeah. some of the Mercury vinyl albums, it, it, yeah, great a lot covers. of them have that kind of a look to it, and I love it. Yeah, great design. I love staring at all the type and trying to figure out what it is. And So let me just clarify. Jalopy yeah. is a legitimate record label. They told me they were, yeah. <laughs> because there have been times before when I picked up your CDs, and I go, wow. You go, no, no, no. Oh, that's my own label. That's yeah. my that's label. Just for looks. Yeah. <laughs> I made that up. the first time I ever did one of my looks and put a real label name on there that yeah. wasn't kind of my own conceptual label. But it is a real label because people are posting – pictures on uh, of them with their records they're getting them in the mail so they're actually but sending cool. to them. it's a very I'm, limited edition thing i don't uh, we're going to advertise this and i don't know if we'll have any left but. well i was just going to say for anybody who who wants to check it out uh do a search for joel patterson you will find joel on instagram on facebook you can also do a search for jalopy records but be patient because as I was looking at the website, it does appear that you're pretty much sold out right now. Really? They says that? They, wow. They, so on on uh, some of the things on the website. So I'm sure they will get more copies. Yeah. But Maybe we should just relax and talk about gizzards. Then. <laughs> you don't have to sell anything. <laughs> but if you get the vinyl, you also get the download of the record. It comes right. with a, a double package. So it's oh, cool. old and new. You get everything rolled in. And you in. get yeah, real-life readable most, liner notes yeah. and yeah. vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And we say this, and, you know, probably 90% of the people are listening to it on Spotify, but that's okay. They'll. That's all right. They yeah. can enjoy it, but uh, yeah. it is fun to hold that record, though, isn't it? It is. It's so. <laughs> it's, and the reason there was a shortage of vinyl is because vinyl sold better than CDs did right. during yeah. the pandemic, which was pretty amazing too. Yeah. So you know, you're ahead of your time. You're an old soul ahead of your time. Wow. <laughs> Let me think about that. Now, do you have any uh, upcoming gigs where you're going to be playing some of these things? Well. I just did my big release party for the record and went really yeah. well. It was last week at Fitzgerald's mm-hmm. in Berwyn, and I played a solo gig and I played these songs and told all the stories about how I wrote the songs. I played a lot of Merle Travis and said what songs influenced what, and uh, and it was great. And I didn't really line up any kind of tour or anything, so I'm just going to play my regular gigs around Chicago and sell the record. But, uh, you know, I, was, I always tell you the place to find me is the Green Mill. Right. I'm there every Monday night. And uh, we're that's doing, a good gig. It's a perfect. Yeah. Gig it's for great. You it's the best sounding yeah. room in the world. It's beautiful in there, and we have a really great jazz band. Uh, it is a rotating cast of characters, but usually it's Bo Sample, Alex Hall, and Andy Brown. I don't know if you know him, but he's a world class mm-hmm. jazz player. One of the he's kind of my guitar hero. I don't know why I hired him to be in my band because I. <laughs> but, the guitarist. Uh, and I play guitar, and I play steel guitar, and we do a lot of western swing and jazz and Hawaiian music and blues and everything, and. Uh, doesn't sound anything like Wheelhouse Rag, but, uh, you know, if you want the record, you can buy it, buy it there. And the, I played Fitzgerald's once a month. And I think the last time we saw you live was after your Beatles record, and that was at Space in Evanston. At Space, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. That, was, yeah. that was a great gig, too. That was a full house. And, oh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm playing there. I, I shouldn't. You're not supposed to announce these things, but I think I'm playing there this year for a Christmas, another Christmas show. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, good. I'm working on yeah. a new Christmas album. Don't That's, tell anybody. All right, that'll it's just coming be out this year. I hope. <laughs> Joel, Don't Joel tell Patter- yeah, Joel Patterson. You know, he's just full of secrets. So just hang on <laughs> to every word that he says. Um. Well, you told me my record's sold out. That's 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 big now, news. But I think either the record or some of the individual, because there's a uh, 
a different link that we have for some of these things. Anyhow, go buy the record. A lot of them are bought by distributors from the label, and then that they're sold out, but then you can still buy them in different places. Don't ask me to, where they all are. I have no idea. Somebody said they could still find something on Amazon. I don't know what that means. So <laughs> I just say, come out to my gig and buy one for me. You know, yeah, I got a little right. supply cut, I can sell you. Cut out the middleman, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have a, a little stash of them. But it is a kind of a limited edition little boutique record, you know. It's uh, Well, who took the picture that's on the, the front of the My album? friend Annie Dolan, who's a great uh, guitar player and singer from Los Angeles, took the took the photo. Because, that's, uh, again, it looks like you could be right out of 1948, sitting what? on the front stoop yeah. of the general store. That's exactly the guitar I played on the record, and uh, that's... I just wanted to do usually, you know, my records. I'm usually wearing a suit and a tie, yeah, and doing yeah. fancy and Christmas this, music, and that one I'm like, oh, I'm just playing acoustic guitar yeah. on the porch. It looked like you you cleaned up and put on your Sunday best, <laughs> and <laughs> you left your Prince Albert can out of your front pocket. Wow, you know. But Wheelhouse Rag was just a, a, a suggestion because I heard that I used the word wheelhouse too much. What? Because I said, oh, that's in my wheelhouse, that's in my wheelhouse. I don't know if it's a Midwestern oh. expression or what, but I'm always, somebody pointed out that I say, oh, that's in my wheelhouse. And I about this record, I was like, this record, playing this kind of stuff, is because I play a lot of styles, is yeah. in my wheelhouse. So it just popped in my head, wheelhouse rag. And, <laughs> well, I would say that Joel Patterson has the biggest wheelhouse of any musician I know. <laughs> that's a nice thing. I'm really? <laughs> We're going to take and, a break. I can't remember and, song titles anymore, so I might have to look at that record. And the it. album looks like the kind of thing that you would find uh, in an old cutout bin. Yeah. It has that yeah. kind of a look to it. Have you ever thought about doing a cutout on your albums so that it looks like... So it's already cut out? Yeah. yeah, it looks like yeah. a cutout, yes. Yeah. Cut out at Kmart, yeah, I don't... You should check out uh, the website, joelpatterson.bandcamp.com. joelpatterson.bandcamp.com. Dot com, And that's where you can find all the information about his new album, Wheelhouse Rag. And uh, when you go to that website, you can see you can buy the, uh, the uh, vinyl, you can buy the digital album. And if something looks like it's sold out, I'm assuming, never assume, but I will assume, that uh, that will be taken care of in the near yeah. future. But it's, it's good that Joel has people that want to buy his music. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it says the CDs are sold out. But uh, if you come see me live, I, I do have some CDs I'll sell you out of the trunk of my car. I was just so. going to say, it's a classic yeah. in the trunk of my car, yeah, right? it's not far off. <laughs> and I should say that I just learned on your um, page here at Bandcamp, a beautifully printed and pressed on 140-gram vinyl wow. by the Citizen Vinyl in Asheville, North Carolina. They did a good job. It sounds good. Uh, yeah. It looks good. It plays. That's important because, yeah. you know. Well, you, you do get, worry about that when you get your record that it's going to yes. be wrong with it. Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh, but Joel's in studio with us. He's got his guitar. You were telling us this guitar is how old? Well, it's from 1963. I don't want to do any math, though, right? 60? Yeah. 60 years old. Well, that was easy, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That works. <laughs> Thank you for that easy one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 60 years old. Looks pretty good to me. But, it does. Uh, it's the record that I, this is the guitar that I recorded the record on. It's just a Gibson flat top, you know, mm-hmm. J50 is the model name. And um, as I was telling you off the air, that that is the guitar that gives that kind of sound. I mean, it sounds like we could be back in the 1920s and somebody's playing this kind of rag stuff. Uh, It's just a great-sounding guitar. Yeah, it's a good one, and it's my only flat-top guitar. I don't have a lot of uh, 
acoustics, really. They were painting the butt in Chicago. We were just talking about that. Uh, because the of the heat yeah, in the, in the yeah. house. And Radiators make them crack easily. Yeah. And you gotta humidify them and everything. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't we shut up and, and let yeah. you play whatever you want to play? How about the first cut on side one, Preston's Rag? Cool. Preston Rag. Which Preston is, Rag. Uh, we were asking about the song titles. I named yeah. this, when I was looking for song titles, I named this after my mom's hometown. Always a good oh. maneuver when you're looking for song titles. <laughs> it's in okay. Lake Preston, South Dakota. There's a shout out for you. I don't know. Is anybody listening? <laughs> yeah. <there>? Who knows? <laughs> I don't know if anybody lives there anymore, but here's the Preston Rag. That's fun. <laughs> it was actually a lot of fun taking your picture too while you were. Oh, playing. you got it. Okay, good. <laughs> yes. Hope that was a candid one. No, that was I'm glad great. I didn't know. Joel Patterson is our guest. It's Patterson with one T. I always like to say that. Thank you for it, always saying that. It makes you your do. mom very proud yes. when you because she doesn't want people to get confused when they're looking for her yeah. boy it's on the perfect, internet. Perfectly fine way to spell Patterson. I think that's right. Back to that guitar. Am I right? That guitar gives you almost a little more of a thump sound. When yeah, when you're definitely. playing that kind of yeah, uh, well, I'm, it definitely if you play like Merle Trav, you know, like this goes back to the 20s and and who knows, actually, probably beforehand. Yeah, guitar players imitating a ragtime piano, mm-hmm. playing the bass line with their thumb like this, and then you add the melodies up here. But this guitar does have a great bass, especially if you kind of hit it hard with a thumb pick. Sounds like Merle Travis, you know. Um, but thank you. Probably hit the thumb too hard sometimes. I get a little excited. But, <laughs> no, I, yeah. I love that. But I talk about Merle Travis because they call this Travis picking because he kind of took it to a different 
stratosphere, mm-hmm. but it's an old style that goes way back. And this record was influenced probably by two people the most. One was Blind Blake, who was my first guitar hero. I learned a lot of Blind Blake in the when I was uh, from records. I was that's how I learned to play, and he played. Wait, wait, let, let, let me hold you on that. Yeah. If he was your first guitar hero, how did you first? How old were you, and when oh, you first encountered Blind Blake? Or fifteen, I think. And what about his music made you say, "Whoa, something's going on here"? Well, back in the day, you know, you didn't have YouTube or anything, so you just had to take a chance on a record and mm-hmm. and learn that way. Was the record lying around the house? Or no, something? I was into like punk rock and stuff like. That. I wanted to be a punk rock drummer, you know, so I'm buying <laughs> records by bands like The Minutemen and. And I'd go to this local record store in Madison, Wisconsin, called B Side, which is you know still around, and um, and uh, they had a little blues section. And for some reason, I randomly looked in there and I saw this record that just looked beautiful, and it said Blind Blake, a ragtime guitar's foremost finger picker. And I had no idea what it was, but it had a cool cover with this great like artwork, and I was attracted to that. I didn't know what wow. it was, and I just bought it. And I just started playing guitar. I was into Lightning Hopkins, so I was kind of into blues a little bit, and this was just like another level of finger-picking. And he spent a lot of time around Chicago and passed away in Milwaukee and um, recorded a lot in Grafton, Wisconsin. And he did this ragtime, you know... And he didn't use a thumb pick, and but it's a very similar style to Merle Travis later with a thumb pick like that with that a little more thump like you call it so blind blake was a big influence on these songs and then there's a merle travis record i keep talking about called walk in the strings mm-hmm. which is unbelievable uh he recorded his little radio snippets and uh the sound of that record it was put out in the late 50s or mid 50s the sound of the the guitar and the mics and everything that was kind of what i was imitating on this record mm-hmm. i wanted it to sound like mm-hmm. that so i sat and listened to the just kind of where I thought the mic was and the, the amount of reverb we put on it and everything. Well, that's one of the things I, I love about the sound. It, it has a it has an old analog sound, and yet I know you used a lot of modern equipment to get that old analog sound. Yeah, the modern equipment is really just kind of the the computer to record it, but that's it. I don't use any other stuff, you know, a mm-hmm. nice old ribbon mic from the 50s and an old guitar. That always helps, and mm-hmm. an old sensibility. That helps, too. And uh, a tube mic preamp, so it's all pretty real. But you know, you got to use a computer these days, yeah, really, to yeah. do anything. You but know? I want to take you back, especially to in when, the pandemic. You know, when you're stuck at home. I want to go back to when you were 14 years old. Okay, let's go back. Be, I want you to be completely honest. <laughs> we're just friends here. Nobody else is going to hear this. Okay. Yeah. Were you considered cool, or were you considered a nerd, like uh, a weirdo, like Joel's into some know. funky music? You know. I don't know. Luckily, we didn't have social media, so nobody knew what <laughs> you. Nobody knew what you were doing back then. You could just lock yourself in the room and learn to play guitar. Okay, it, yeah. that's a good point. It's yeah. true. You know, but I just had the record, and I was, uh, yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Uh, did you find uh, I was, wait, Did you find anybody else your age that you could say, hey, do you like this music? Can we play this music yeah, together? Not really in the 80s. I couldn't find anybody into this old blues stuff. You know, yeah. I hung out with the weirdos, definitely the weird artsy kids. You know, but So when you got they to were college? They punk rock and stuff. But yeah, in college, I met this guy named Todd Cambio, who's... My best friends in college, and he uh, was very into this old, and we started a band. We called it Sweet Papa Lowdown, which is a Blind Blake song. And we played guitar. I played guitar on State Street for tips, and he played harmonica 
and bass, and that now was my first band. Now we're playing for tips. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, good. you wanted to go way back here. That's yeah. good. I'm trying to imagine guitar. Joel in high school, and they're going, you know, he, he doesn't play our kind of music. Yeah, no. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. People talk about the 80s now as a... Uh, so people didn't come up to you and say... People didn't come up to you and say, play that funky music, white boy? That never happened? No, maybe. We got a lot of weird requests in Wisconsin, I'll tell you that. Joel Patterson in the house with us, and he's got a brand new album out that is headed for your record collection. I know it is. It's got the chosen Frozen Lutherans moving tonight. And I love this text. And, what does that and mean? that's a big deal. Well, she says, as a chosen Frozen Lutheran, quote unquote, I don't move much to music, but I've been bopping around <laughs> as I tidy up listening to Joel, and my husband is listening with me, and also our son, online, 2,000 miles southeast of Chicagoland. That's amazing. Yeah, wow. Very cool. should have so wrote a, my liner notes. It's a family affair. <laughs> All right, before we run out of time, you said you play one more for tonight oh yeah yeah i can't believe we've been hanging out for an hour that's unbelievable every time i start playing real travis you get me on some tangent here and we're talking about the 80s but i would like to say that i would try to make this record sound like that walking the strings so i'm gonna play just a tiny bit of the song walking the strings and then maybe i'll go into one of my songs is that all right cool this is walking the strings by Merle travis i'm gonna play as much as this as when my thumb gets tired and i'll go into something else put a capo on and play a tune that I called Call That Gone, which is really just improvising.
<laughs> something like that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love that. Oh, golly. Joel Patterson, our guest. And you can, I just answered a texter who said, uh, what's this about seeing Joel on Monday nights? It's Joel and his friends yeah. at the Green Mill on the north side of Chicago. And that starts at 8 o'clock. And you play until midnight. Yeah, this. 8 to midnight every yeah. Monday. And uh, that's my favorite place in the world. And it's in Chicago, yeah. famous jazz club. And we play all styles of music and uh, great group of musicians. So... And then, you're at, me there. and then you're at Fitzgerald's once a month now? Yeah, every third Wednesday of the month I'm at Fitzgerald's with a band. And uh, Fitzgerald's is a great – one of the few things that really, after the pandemic, just came back really strong yeah. and mm-hmm. just almost improved. You know, he has music on three stages every night. It's amazing what they've done over there. And it's wonderful that the new owners of Fitzgerald's have kept the spirit of the Absolutely. original Fitzgerald's yeah. and enhanced it. Absolutely, yeah, because that's an iconic place and. Chicago for music. Everybody's played there. So what band is it that appears with you on Wednesday nights at Fitzgerald's? Well, usually Bo and Alex. Uh, As in the modern sounds? Yeah, or? we used to call it that. I call everything just kind of my name these days, Joel Patterson Trio, okay, who's good. ever with me, just because people seem to know my name. Yeah. Uh, even if they don't know how to spell it, but they know my name, and uh, <laughs> they're catching on. It's one T, but I just use that now to keep things simple, and it depends on who's available, and I like to feature some different lineups to mix it well, up when cool. I can. And yeah. Mondays is the same way. We have some different people. But usually it's the, the, the A-team, I call it, uh, Bo Sample, Alex Hall, Andy Brown. Because I and think we first met you as the Modern Sounds. Yeah, yeah a long time ago. Yeah. A long time ago. Had me on the we saw you on some TV show and, and just called you up and said, hey, Does you want to play on the radio? Yeah. And yeah, it might have been the WGN uh, News. Morning News yeah, or we something like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. It was oh, over the Tribune that. Tower, and you yeah. Got, yeah. Yeah. Bo brought in the, the stand-up bass, and we had yeah. the whole works in there, drums the way, and the whole thing. Here's a song title for you. All right. You're welcome. Let me write it down. Just One T. Just one tea. That is oh, good. Oh yes, one tea rag. Be Just your, one tea. Be your theme song. <laughs> wow. Gosh, this hour has flown by. This is crazy. And again, people should go to joelpatterson.bandcamp.com if you want to get a copy of Wheelhouse Rag in all formats you can imagine. And we're going to have the uh, podcast available for you tomorrow, as on Sunday. And I'm even going to put up a couple of snippets of some of the things you did tonight uh, on our Facebook page, so people can see wow. you as you're as you're noodling on the it's guitar. Been a whirlwind. Yeah. Thank you for coming yeah, in here thanks tonight. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. And you're going to be joining us again near the end of the year as you come out with your Christmas album. Yeah, are you officially inviting me? I'll be uh, back. Uh, you, I'll you be have officially been invited. Time, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, We're the on new Christmas now. album is sent off and it's being made right oh, now. It really? and it's all done. I recorded it all. You know. Now you you, you finished uh, Wheelhouse Rag in 2021. When did you finish the Christmas so. album? I've been working on the new Christmas album for about a year and a half, and. Uh, uh, it's even. Is it all more, original or? No, it's oh, good. Well, I don't know. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. You think I can call that? An, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all yours. A little town of Bethlehem, maybe. Yeah. Chuck no, Berry got in trouble with that. Some familiar tunes. I don't want to stump anybody on Christmas. You, you know. said Chuck Berry would have a problem. With <laughs> no, Chuck Berry got in trouble with that. Oh, he did right. Run Run Rudolph, and the oh, people who he, hold uh, the copyrights to the character of Rudolph right. said, "Ah, oh, no, sorry. That's why if you." Look at the uh, the writer on that. It now says somebody something like uh, Marx or something like that. Chuck Berry wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, we're out of time here. Aww. Thank you so much. Uh, the, Just getting warmed the, up here. The bewitching hour of midnight. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Okay, I've been pleasure. Bewitched. Thank you. Stay with us at WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. 
And something a little different tonight. Yes, in this hour, we're going to be talking with uh, Tom Appel, the publisher of Consumer Guide. But as an additional feature in this hour, Tom's Tunes. Yes. All of the bumps you will hear in this hour have been road tested and selected (laughs) by the publisher of Consumer Guide, Thomas Appel. How about it? Hey, Tom. Hey, that was that was delightful to hear on the radio. That was a good choice too. And you want to explain who that was and what it was? Yeah, that that is my one of my favorite musical performers of all time. That is Ray Bryant. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a jazz pianist. He started his life as kind of a classical pianist. His parents, uh, not surprisingly, were religious, and his mom was in the choir, and his dad uh, was a preacher, and he started playing stride piano, and he just had this fantastic background. He played with Aretha Franklin, with Miles Davis. And he did like 40 or 50 solo albums. Just a really wonderfully talented and really just wonderful emotional music. I love Ray Bryant so much. And I think uh, probably best known for Fast Freight. Wasn't that the uh, the title of his biggest seller? Oh, Slow Freight. The song was called Slow, slow Freight. Freight. Fast, <laughs> slow, slow uh, whatever. You know. <laughs> and that was the song and the album, and it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a great album. And who was on that album with him? Because that was just uh, the Ray Bryant trio on that album, right? Uh, on Slow Freight, there is, the trio moves around a lot. One of his bassists, I think, was someone named Winard Harper. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had a couple of bassists that he liked to work with. 1967. But believe it or not, we're going to be talking uh, automotive stuff with Tom. But, but this is some of the stuff that you blast while you're driving whatever you're road testing, right? It is, and that particular song that we just heard, I play a lot. Um, and luckily, the Apple randomizer on my phone brings it up often, too. <laughs> the randomizer. <laughs> All right. I have to start you out with a question that we were not able to get to the last time you were on with us. And by the way, Tom is kind enough to join us a couple times a month. Uh, the listener- And you can follow him at uh, consumerguide.com. Yeah. A listener said... Please, can you give me an idea? And apparently she's in the market for a new car, but she says, can you give me an idea of a car that is at least around $25,000? I am way out of your league when you're talking forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. Is there such a thing? There is, but there aren't many anymore. And, and this week, in fact, we saw that three manufacturers have dropped their cars that came in under twenty grand: the Kia oh, Rio, yeah. the Hyundai Accent, and the Mitsubishi Mirage. Uh, we just learned that all of those are going away. And they haven't been selling well, and part of the reason is because the market's been so tight, makers aren't bothering to produce cars like that. So I have a piece of good news. Um, the new Chevrolet Trax, which grows in size, it's only available with front-wheel drive. There is a base model that starts around 20 $2,000. It's roomy. I haven't driven it, but I understand that it's very refined, very nice interior. Uh, but, but that's a bright spot. That's something you might mm-hmm. want to look at. But, but also, the ones you just mentioned that are going away, there are still some of them on some lots, so that would be uh, a good thing to places, take a look yeah. at right now. If you can find one, they're slow movers, yeah. And the Hyundai Accent and the Kia Rio are pretty refined for their size and price. Actually kind of likable cars. I Not like the, the I, I thought the Accent was a swell car. Yeah, In fact, we, I was yeah. shocked at, at the price. I, I think you can uh, still find a video of uh, one of our road tests mm-hmm. of the Accent on the Consumer Guide's website. Oh, yeah, I'll bring that up. Yeah, that that is a, a surprisingly refined vehicle for the money. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. So uh, the average price for cars, is there a way to come up with an average? Are we talking probably 38000 is the average nowadays? Or is it even higher than that? It got really close to 50 when things were bad, and I think it settled back down to around 44, 45. Depends who you ask and how they calculate the price and whether or not they include sales tax. But yeah, we're talking probably about 45 grand still for the average wow. transaction price on a new car. Wow. I'm thinking about the teenager that says, I'm going to work and I'm going to buy myself a brand new yeah. car. You're going to be 40 before you're going to get that car. <laughs> let, let me stay with the, with Hyundai and Kia for a second. What are you hearing from Hyundai Kia about the recent city of Chicago is now going to sue them, uh, along with uh, tons of other people? Uh, you hearing anything from Hyundai Kia about uh, any of this stuff? Uh, Hyundai Kia's official response is that the lawsuit is unnecessary. They're doing everything that they can, um, which falls a little flat. And we know that California has already successfully, the state of California, has successfully sued Hyundai Kia uh, over the um uh, the shift interlock, the um, uh, engine immobilizer issue, or the lack of an engine immobilizer yeah. issue. And, and, that is the real case. The, and, you know, one of the sad things about this, uh, we have road tested any of a number of uh, Hyundai Kia vehicles, as, as you have, and the immobilizer issue aside, they make some great products. I don't oh, yeah. understand how someone in, in in corporate management said, ah, oh, let's not do that. It was a stupid, stupid decision and really flies in the face of some of the great products they put out. It is, and, and the engine immobilizer thing is not especially expensive or complicated. People might remember as early as the early 90s, we started to get these bigger, chunkier keys, and that's because there was just a little passive diode in the key, and it was a pretty simple system. The car would look for the key. If it had the key, if it detected the key, the engine would, would start when you turn the key. It was pretty simple, not not very expensive, so it's so inexcusable that, that Hyundai would decide not to put the system in their cars. But the problem now is, that they have the software update and no one is getting their cars updated. There are, what is it, 8.3 million affected vehicles. Ooh. Only 65,000 vehicles have been updated. And, and now, whose responsibility is the update? Is this something the individual user can do or do they have to take it into the dealership or what's the process? It's a software update that will have to be uh, uh, affected by the dealer. And Hyundai claims that they're chasing after people to get them to come in and have the update done. Uh, but I don't think that this is yet a formal recall, so there is no force of law behind them uh, chasing them to do this. Uh, but usually in the case of, of recalls, we find that the government really gets after manufacturers to, to get their recalls done. In this case, we don't know the intensity uh, to which that Hyundai is actually going after people. Hmm. All right, we're going to take a break. We've got a lot more to talk about. And more Tom's tunes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't wait. Here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Hey, baby, you're digging Tom's tunes. And now, here's Tom. Tom? <laughs> you programmed some good after midnight music. Well, thank you. This is yeah, working I was for me. Thinking about the time of day. Yeah. So, so that was. 
That is Jimmy Smith, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm new to Jimmy Smith, but he was a, a keyboardist, and he was known mostly for his Hammond B3 organ work, and mm-hmm. and he, he put together a lot of albums. He liked to produce albums and bring in a lot of people, and didn't hog the limelight a lot. He let the other people play, but he was just so smooth and cool. Jimmy uh, Smith, uh, technically a one-hit wonder. Hmm. Oh, really? Oh, for do you remember Walk on the Wild Side? Julian, can you dig up Walk on the Wild Side by Jimmy Smith? I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. That was a a serious uh, uh, top 40 record hit, I want to say, in roughly 60, I think it was right in there with the Beatles, Hmm. somewhere around that. That's probably why we missed it. I did not know that. And we introduced you to Joel Patterson tonight. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, you've got to you got to take a deep dive into some of the music that that boy's been doing over the years because he truly is an old soul. Because he, I I just I giggle because I think you don't realize that you're channeling this music yeah. from like 1937 or 52. Joel is so talented, or, and this was really what you heard tonight was one tiny snippet of what he can do because the jazz music that he does i'm thinking about um when we saw him with a great uh, organist the chicago organist um oh yeah and, and i'm forgetting yeah, his name and, and but he also shows up at the green mill with uh, yes he does Joel a lot yeah speaking of great organists okay yeah the odds against getting to heaven are six to one <laughs> and how do i know that i don't know because okay joel uh no that's joel, julian uh, jay person uh See if you can find Brooke Benton, Walk on the Wild Side. It was from a movie that I think was called Walk on the Wild Side. Hmm. But there were That's why I know there were lyrics to the song, because there was the instrumental and the vocal version were hits at roughly the same time. But Jimmy's was the hit record? Uh, they both had hit really? records. Oh. Yeah. See, you, you sent us down a rabbit hole, Tom. <laughs> so, uh, it's a good rabbit hole, though. Yes. This is nice. It's educational. Okay, that one you can see, add. See what you did to us, Tom? You, you sent us down a, an interesting rabbit hole. I love that, though. Anytime you can play Brooke Benton, I'm good, I'm good with that. So part of Tom's tunes. <laughs> yes. Uh, listener text and says, uh, Kia contacted me for updating my ignition system on my 2011 Optima. So I took it in three weeks ago, and I had it done at no charge. There so you go. That's, that's a the good way sign. it should work. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, back to the business of uh, cars that are under the, mm-hmm. the figure. I can't get over the figure, $44,000, $45,000. Those entry-level cars are usually marked up $5,000 for aftermarket products and market price adjustment, pushing them into the low 30000 Oh, That's crazy. And a clarification, the Chevy Trax, is that with an X or a CKS? A uh, good question. It's an X. Chevy Trax. Okay, that yep. answers another question for a listener who wants to find a Chevy Trax. I came across a car that tickled me. I did not know that there was a vehicle called the Nugget. The Nugget? Uh, yes. I thought that was the cutest name for a vehicle. I've got to find this story. It is, um, remember I showed this hey, to you. You shared it with me uh, earlier. I think it's something you found on Facebook. It is, um it's a story about how the minivan is destined to come back. Oh yeah. So so this is the it's a Ford um uh, it's a oh, oh like the Ford panel van uh, but, but the nugget has a pop-up roof like the old yeah. Volkswagen um like the Volkswagen bus. 
Oh, this is this is Caravan Week in Germany, and over there they call campers caravans, and I think that might be why the story is is uh, circulating now. There's a lot of news coming out of Germany about small Ford Mercedes vans, for example, that are converted to campers, which is super popular. You wouldn't think I so. I love but, that, though. Yeah, very popular in Western Europe. Well, I I think it should be popular here. I mean, have you ever it was been... It a good-looking uh, van. Oh, yeah. And uh, it took me back to the first time we road-tested a Honda CRV. Mm-hmm. And I was excited because you could flip out a table in the back, yeah. and it even had an umbrella hole. <laughs> yeah. And that didn't last very long. <laughs> and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was uh, like a pre-U.S. production Honda CRV because you had right-hand drive. And as we were driving back from, I I think it was one of the the Mama Road rallies, and I'm driving on the uh, the right-hand side of the vehicle, and Johnny is just sitting there leaning back, and people are passing us on the expressway. I had fun because I'd start combing my hair with both hands. And people were freaking out. And then one time I just just reclined my seat real fast so that all of a sudden I was gone, but I'm supposed to be the driver. (laughs) And I thought, I'm having way too much fun on the Stevenson Expressway on this car. Refresh me, Tom. What was the deal with that? For some reason, uh, we got like some of the pre production the european versions of the crv before they started the american production was that the deal it was probably yeah it was probably japanese production and and yeah that's right hand drive over there and only in europe what do we have we have hong kong and 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 just the uk are the other right hand major markets right in australia uh, the other right-hand drive markets. But, yeah, if it was pre-production, it probably came out of Japan before, because the CRV wasn't yeah. built here until fairly recently. Have you ever had the experience of driving on the, as they do in, in, in England, on the, quote, wrong side of the road? Yeah, my wife and I honeymooned in the Cayman Islands, and I ended up renting a car down there, so that was a fun experience. I, I, I rented a Daihatsu Rocky, which what? was a right-hand drive, and then they drive on the wrong side of the road uh, because they're a U.K. nation. And, uh, yeah, that was quite an experience. I was driving stick with my left hand. Oh, no. <laughs> That's got to be weird. Very quickly. Yeah. It was very weird for a while, yeah. And, and especially if you're a right-handed person. And your your right brain, and then all of a sudden you're trying to do all that important stuff with the left side. Well, now, since did they reverse the shift? Was it like a reverse H pattern, or what was it? No, the pattern stays the same, and I think that's just a matter of convenience because you don't want to change the transmission. (laughs) So basically, more or less, the passenger cell and the driver's cell flip-flop on vehicles where they offer both right-hand and left-hand drive, but other stuff remains basically the same. So the shift Uh pattern first is still up and on the left, and that doesn't change. Didn't Daihatsu try something in the U.S. for a very short period of time several years ago? Yeah, Daihatsu was here in the, I'm going to say, late 80s into early 90s. Yeah. They sold two vehicles. One was the Rocky, which was a subcompact SUV. Very fun car. It was one of those cars like uh, uh, the Geo Tracker, where you could take the roof off, things like that. And then a very small car called the Dahatsu Charade, neither of which caught fire in the U.S., and hmm. they pulled out pretty quickly. So to speak. <laughs> I, I literally thought he meant they sold two vehicles. That was it. You know? Yeah. Not yeah. a lot more. I mean, it probably rounded to two. 
<laughs> All right, Tom Appel is with us. Sit tight. We're going to come back after a break for news. We've got more Tom's tunes and more car news and your questions and comments at 312-981-7200 on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We're talking with Tom Appel, the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and you're playing and listening to Tom's tunes. And that was who, Tom? That was the Riptones, a Chicago alternative country band that unfortunately is no longer together, but they did a lot of great stuff. And that song is a car song. It's called Slant Six, which is named for Chrysler's legendary inline six-cylinder engine that was almost infallible. Uh, and, and, and the clicking noise is perfect because that engine was famous for having a little bit of a valve click, and you can hear it in the song. These people knew the engine. And that's basically, it's a, it's a slapping bass, or, or what some people call bucking the bass, a stand-up bass on that song. I love it. That is fun. Yeah, it's a good song. Uh, people can follow Tom at go to consumerguide.com. And uh, uh, any blatant plug of things people should be looking at right now? I am working on a review. It goes up probably late tomorrow or early Monday of the 2024 Alfa Romeo Tonale. Uh, this is Alfa's new entry-level vehicle. It's a beautiful color. Um, uh, beautiful color. And, and that Wait, review goes up. Is that the blue so, one that you were in? Yes. That incre- that, that's my blue. That's the color of my fingernails. That is Masano blue. Ooh, Masano. Yeah. Nice. Good looking color. Yeah. And were you struggling to find just the perfect place as a backdrop for that cool car? Because uh, you, you got a great picture. One of the things I vowed to do this year, and I'm kind of getting it done, is, is, is to take just a little bit more time when I photograph the cars. So I'm looking for good places to photograph cars. I'm trying to find appropriate backgrounds that match the oh. colors. So, yeah, that's just that's a thing I've been playing with this year, and I'm kind of happy with the outcome. Yeah, that's nice. Very nice. The place that we used to do a lot of our uh, videos for our video road tests, we can't use right now because it's under construction. Oh. I hate oh, when that happens. But we used to go to Harms Woods, uh, too, yeah. on um, Harms Road, because you've got all of those areas where you can pull off, and then if you park just right, you've got trees all around you. And especially during autumn, it was really nice when the trees were... We, I think we were in a burnt orange vehicle one time, and we yes. drove out there to get all the, the orange leaves yep. around us. So what are you driving this week? I am driving one of the nicest surprises of 2023, and that's the 2024 Nissan Aria. This is Nissan's electric compact crossover, and I've been dying to drive this. And the launch of the vehicle was delayed a couple of times during COVID because of the supply chain issues. But I'm happy to report the wait was worth it. This is an extremely nice electric vehicle. It, 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 is, it is refined. It is attractive. Uh, it's nicely equipped. And the good news, too, is the range can be as high as 304 miles, which is really good for a compact crossover mm-hmm. and, and kind of nice for the money. And, again, the price is? Well, the price ranges. Now, the one I'm driving is, is over the top. It's $62,000. You can do one for as little as $45,000. Mm-hmm. And $45,000, uh, I mean, what do you lose? What you're losing, this is an interesting thing about electric vehicles. There's a big price jump for all-wheel drive. So you're losing all-wheel oh. drive instead of you're getting front-wheel drive, and you're losing a little bit of the range, too, because they use a smaller battery on the base model. Um, but but that may work for a lot of people. So uh, all-wheel drive, you're, you're, A, paying more for it, mm-hmm. and that's what you're driving. Um, 
it, I guess it, I never really thought about there being a big disparity in in front wheel drive, all wheel drive uh, when it comes to EV. Well, the difference is, is interesting. When you're driving a, a gasoline-powered car, all-wheel drive is just a simple matter of, of running a drive shaft from wherever the power is to the other axle. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that with, an, with a battery-powered car because the battery is underneath the floor. So you can't run a drive shaft oh. through the base of the car. So instead what they do is put a separate motor on the other axle. So you're getting two motors, which usually gets you a lot more power. Oh. Um, but it does cut into your range a little bit, and it does add a lot to the price. So we're on a gasoline-powered vehicle, let's just say a Honda CRV or something like that, all-wheel drive might cost you $1,800 or $2,200. On an electric vehicle, it's going to cost you five or $6,000. Wow. Yeah. And, and there, as there have been with, uh, with non-electric vehicles, there is a, a camp that says we want a rear-wheel drive biased all-wheel drive car, <laughs> or we want a front-wheel drive biased all-wheel drive car. Uh, what are most of the manufacturers coming down on the side of? I don't know because I haven't seen a pattern yet. Volkswagen is using rear-wheel drive on the ID4. Um, the the Chevrolet Bolt with a B is front-wheel drive. Um, the Nissan Aria that I'm driving right now is front-wheel drive. Toyota and Lexus seem to be using front-wheel drive. But the Chevrolet Blazer EV, which is due out this fall, mm-hmm. is available in front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, or all-wheel drive. So you have three choices. Wow. And that's the Chevy Blazer. I predict that out of the EVs, that's going to be a big one for them. Yeah. It's awfully good looking. Yeah, it is really uh, yeah. cute. And that's Hopefully some it's other... really good. By the way, what was this? Uh, I came across a thing that uh, I think you had done it a while back, but it was posted on Facebook about the Corvette Sport Utility Vehicle. Yeah, we, we uh, actually, this week's um, Consumer Guide podcast, we have a guest who's the president of the Kansas City Corvette Club, and he was on, and one of the things we talked about was that, but it's almost a certainty now that, that uh, Chevrolet will be producing a Corvette crossover of some sort. The extent to which it's based on the Corvette as we know it is unclear, but they are going to be extending the Corvette brand, and they sort of have to do this. Because the money is there, and every other manufacturer of, of a supercar or a performance car has done this. Uh, Lamborghini and Maserati and, and uh, um, Ferrari and, and um, trying to think of the other makers, Bentley and Rolls-Royce, they all build crossovers now. And it just stands to reason that Corvette would do that, too. Wow. Who, who is the market for this? I mean, particularly among Corvette fanatics are Corvette fanatics. Yeah, they hated when it went front-wheel drive. They yeah. were like, oh, no. I just, and I get all the supercar stuff coming out with with sport utes or crossovers, but I don't know that the Corvette loyalists are going to move in that direction. What do you think? I don't think it's probably traditional Corvette owners that will do that. One of the interesting things, if we go way back, and it's like 20 years now, is that Porsche did it first, right? Porsche started building the Cayenne. It was mm-hmm. its first crossover. And, and other than that, it just had the 911 and the uh, the Cayman and the, the Boxster. And one of the things they said at the time was, we sell the, Ca- the Cayenne so we can continue to sell the 911. And it was just sort of this concession that they were chasing the money um, so that they could still stay in the business they wanted to stay in. But I get the sense that people who buy... For example, the Lamborghini Urus, that's their crossover. 
Um, those aren't traditional Lamborghini customers. I think those are people just looking for something that have the money. They're looking for something exotic, but also something unchallenging, like a crossover. Hmm. We're going to jump to uh, to the phone lines and uh, jump up to line one, and that would be uh, Tom. Tom. Hey, Tom, you're on with Tom. Tom. Hi. Hi. It's uh, Johnny, Johnny and Steve. John, well, <laughs> uh, I had a question. Uh, I'm sorry, it's Steve and Johnny. Johnny and Steve. Uh, you, you mentioned the question of having your brain handle the stick shift. Mm-hmm. Right. When he was on the other side. My question to your guest is, what about the pedals? Are the are the pedals different, or, or are you going to tell me? Are you going to tell me my left footed becomes the gas pedal and the brake, and oh. my right foot becomes the clutch? A good question, Tom. That's scary. <laughs> oh, the, the the clutch stays left foot on the left side, so everything just kind of moves over. It was a very weird experience. So the the big the, the big thing to get used to, because you still use your feet the same you same way you normally would, was was simply shifting uh, shifting gears with your left hand instead of your right hand. A, a listener and. Thank you, Tom, for calling. Uh, 872 area code said, I had the use of a right-hand drive 1971 Rolls-Royce convertible in my senior year of college. Wow. First of all, that's cool. That's super cool. That is crazy cool. <laughs> I bet he was invited a, to a lot of a right yeah. A right-hand drive 71 Rolls-Royce convertible. Don't you want to know the story behind that? How did that end up in the family that you would say, oh, let's just give that to the boy. He's in college. He can drive it. He needs a car for college. What? He's at Yale. I bet you he's at Yale or Harvard. What do you think? <laughs> right? I, I want to know what that did for his dating situation. Really? It had to be good. I'm wondering... Yeah. It could be too weird <laughs> to be good. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back with Tom Appel here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. We're talking with the publisher of Consumer Guide, Tom Appel, and we're playing Tom's Tunes. And Tom, I want to hear that song played on the car that we just got rid of a few months ago. <laughs> Our 92 Bonneville, that sound system with the woofer, the extra woofer in the trunk, I bet that would just be very, very cool. Who was that and what was that? That is a late career Booker T uh, song. It comes off the album Potato Hole, and the song is called Get Behind the Mule. <laughs> and, and and that song very much represents the entire album. It's kind of aggressive, kind of fun, kind of down and dirty, but I, I really love that track. Get Behind the Mule. Get behind the mule. You know, we were talking about high-end luxury cars. Did you see uh, pictures of the car hauler over in England? The car hauler that was hauling nine Lamborghinis, Aston Martins. I mean, over a million dollars worth of cars, and it's lying on its side. And the driver walked away without a scratch and was quoted as saying i just dabbed the brakes i just dabbed Mm. the brakes i guess that means he just tapped the brakes and then all of a sudden the whole thing was out of control when you see the 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 pictures it's it it just makes you shake so it was how many million dollars in cars it was well over a million dollars they were all aston martins lamborghinis ferraris he had nine of them on that vehicle 
Yeah. And, uh, it, those cars have gotten so much more expensive, too. It's oh, just, my gosh, yeah. It's hard to fathom. <laughs> yeah. very disappointed owners, too, because most of those are, are uh, you know, custom, more or less custom orders. Well, so. in fact, the red Lamborghini that was on that car hauler could reach speeds of 201 miles an hour. The black Jaguar F-Type was also lying on its side. It's the more expensive model that costs up to 108,000 pounds. It sounds like a lot of money right there. Yeah. I don't know my pounds to dollars, but that sounds like a lot. Wow. Um, Lister says, regarding four-wheel driving an EV, can yeah. one of the motors be turned off so it's not four-wheel drive? Or will that be something that they'll eventually do in the future? Good question. And one of the companies that does that best is Tesla, where they have a much smaller motor in the front axle and a bigger one in the rear. And they only engage the front motor, the front axle motor, uh, when you need the power or um, or uh, when you need the traction. So, yes, you can shut it down to a great degree. And, and, and to that extent, four-wheel drive is more efficiently handled in electric vehicles than it is in gasoline-powered vehicles. Hmm. Okay. Let's jump back to uh, some of the calls, and we'll go to uh, line two, and that would be Bill. Hi, Bill. You're on with Tom Appel. Okay, I got a question to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, being visually handicapped, uh, I know they some of the electric cars, some of the other cars, they cut the you drive or they drive it for you. Mm-hmm. You just sit in and it drives. Mm-hmm. Now I've noticed in California, I think California is going to stop letting them be on the roads, I think, or try to, because I heard on the news the other day that over 200 of them have been in accidents in one last week either. Yeah. Broadside the fire truck or the fire truck broadside it because it didn't recognize the red light and siren mm-hmm. because it had a green light to go through the intersection. Mm-hmm. Now, what are they going to do about that, and how safe are those things going to be? Say, for example, since you're visually handicapped, you might want to use one of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be able to get that worked out where it'll recognize a fire, a siren coming? That's a really good question. That's a very yeah. good question, thank you, Bill. Bill. Uh, thank you so much for your call. Uh, Tom, what do you think? Well, we're talking about two separate here, things here, I think. One is the situation where the federal government is definitely going after Tesla and its use of the phrase full self-driving as well as autopilot, and the vehicles are not quite ready for prime time. That's a different situation than what's going on specifically in San Francisco, which is, involves uh, General Motors Cruise Division and uh, Alphabet's Waymo company, both of which are developing autonomous taxi vehicles or ride-hailing vehicles. And what's been going on is, is a lot of debate, especially in the San Francisco City Council, about the extent to which they want to permit that testing mm-hmm. and how broad they want that testing to go. And and though the vehicles, both the Waymo and the cruise vehicles, have racked up very, very impressive records of driving without incident, every now and then something happens that is so ridiculous that it makes huge news. And there was a day recently where some number, and I can't remember, a dozen or 20 of the, of the um Cruise vehicles simply came to a stop during rush hour. They went traffic. to sleep. Yeah, that, wasn't it? They were like rebooting or something like that. Yes, yes, it was. It was. Tra- it was. The timing was tragic because this thing is being debated. <laughs> it's like a just, software update, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, and and San Francisco citizens are like, we're tired of being test dummies for this. <laughs> And I, I understand. No one wants rush hour traffic to be made worse, and and that's yeah. absolutely what happened here. Wow. I don't know that we if we've talked about it before. 
Uh, I love a lot of the GMC products, but I hate the commercial where you get into the GMC and everybody's sitting with their hands off the wheel because it's self-driving. I hate that. And they're doing things, too, right? Aren't they like... They're just not paying attention to to what's going on in front of them or behind them. That is the big news, and that's the move from Super Cruise, General Motors Super Cruise, to Ultra Cruise, which is going to be made available pretty soon. Uh, Super Cruise, you're still required to pay attention. Ultra Cruise, you will not be required to pay attention until you are alerted. That's the big difference. Um, And and I don't know that that's on the road yet. It's supposed to debut, I think, in the Cadillac Celestic, Uh, but it might be in a few of the GMC... um, Denali Ultras as well. But it, if they're saying with Ultra Cruise you don't have to pay attention, isn't that going to ask for a shift in insurance company policies and who's going to be liable? If, you, if, the, if General Motors has said you don't have to pay attention and if you are in an accident, okay, who pays for that accident? <laughs> because you weren't that paying is, attention. That is a great question, and, and this question keeps popping up in different forms. There's, there's also the question of the ethics of, uh, of self-driving vehicles, and, and what if an accident is unavoidable? How does a self-driving vehicle decide which accident to have? Um, oh. and, and there's a lot of good questions like this. Now, I don't know the answer to the insurance question. That's probably something I should dig into because it's it's fascinating. Hmm. Uh, the vehicle that we recently purchased. It has a feature where it kind of, as a lot of cars these days do, kind of monitors your eyes. And if it Uh feels you're either getting a little sleepy, it'll say something. Or if it feels you're not paying enough attention, it'll say something. And I I like that. I want it to shout, though. I want it to say, hey, dummy, wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Or a hand to come out and slap your face. You know, wake up. See, now, I drive down Route 14 a lot between my office and my home, Uh Norton Grove and Palatine, and Route 14 is not a straight road, and every car thinks I'm drunk, and I get the the little coffee cup warning pops up reminding me that I should be taking a break. Oh, really? (laughs) Now, now, do you have a thing on that, like we do on our car, where you actually get an attention score at the end when you turn it off and say, okay, and your attention was... uh, I hate that. 95%. (laughs) No, I have, I have not yet enjoyed the score, which I should yeah. have, because I've driven that brand vehicle, but I don't remember my score. And the funny thing is, on the message boards for this vehicle, people are like, how can I turn that damn thing off? I don't want my wife to see what my score is. <laughs> Tom, I want to take you to the website, because you got a fun thing posted, and people can get involved picking out the best-looking cars of all time. That's the kind of stuff that you fight over in the bar, right? Ah, What do you mean, the Gullwing? That's a stupid-looking car. (laughs) Tom, you picked that as one of your favorites, right? Yeah, I picked the Gull... What did I pick? I picked the Gullwing. Mm -hmm. I picked the BMW 633i, which was a mid-sized coupe, and then the the Pontiac, the second-generation Pontiac Firebird. Now, I would agree with you there. Yeah. Absolutely, with the Pontiac Firebird. Steve would probably pick the Pontiac Aztec because he was no, hands I'm, down the only person that liked that body shape of that vehicle. But actually, uh, I would stick with Pontiac, but it would be a car I've talked about before, the car that I've said that I would still have if somebody hadn't smashed into it. Mm-hmm. 66 Pontiac Bonneville Convertible. One oh, of sure. the most gorgeous looking. I mean, it was literally a car I was driving home 
passed a, uh, a dealership, saw the car on the lot, pulled over, took a look at it. Dealership was closed, came back next morning when they opened, took the car for a drive, and bought it. It, it was just, I fell in love with that car. Yeah, that's one of those great Pontiac grills, too. I love the yeah. headlights. That's a, that's a sharp car. But when our mutual friend, Frank Pyler, would come in, he used to rasp Steve about the Aztec. I think I just saw one of those hideous-looking Aztecs on the road. And Steve would say, that's not I, a bad-looking car. I didn't think it was a horrible-looking <laughs> car. I thought it was a better-functioning vehicle than a lot of people gave it credit for. It had really good um, um, ownership uh, following. Um, the owners of the car loved it. That's true. Yeah, Sounds that, like yeah. you were stuttering trying to find <laughs> something to follow really good. <laughs> oh, really good personality. Really good, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like saying she has a good personality, right? Um, uh, Stephanie says, hey guys, what was the name of that Brooke Benton song you just played? Would love to know. I love that song and I love Brooke Benton. Walk and, on the Wild Side. Yeah. And uh, the original was by Jimmy... Actually, they were both originals, because I think they both came out at the same time. And I'm pretty sure it was from the soundtrack of a movie, and I don't know if the movie was called Walk on the Wild Side. We're going to have to look that up uh, during the news. Well, Tom, I would like to vote for at least once a month we do Tom's Tunes, because I think it it gives us a little peek inside your head, too. (laughs) Are you game for that? Because I know it's a scary you place. You are nothing makes me happier. I you, love picking music. You are a huge music lover, and I like to tell the story of the first time we actually talked to you on the radio, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you? yeah. I called in. I'm trying to think what year this was, but it was in the late '80s, and I called in because you guys were talking about CDs and how disappointed you were about the sound <laughs> yeah. quality on early yes. CDs. And I had just picked up Wings Over America on both LP and CD and was hyper-disappointed by the, by the CD, especially because it was McCartney, and he was usually fastidious about yes. that stuff, mm-hmm. but the sound quality was terrible, terrible on the CDs. And so you called to say, you're not crazy, old people. <laughs> I actually agree with you. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. As always, it's a pleasure. People can follow you at? Uh, consumerguide.com, and I'm CarGuyTom on Twitter. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Tom. Have a good weekend. Thanks, guys. Bye. More coming up. Stay with us. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Uh, The song is Don't Let the Green Grass Fool You. Uh, The artist, uh, was that Wilson Pickett? Well done. You're on a roll today. Whoa. Julian grabbed that one. I love that. That's a great track. He was trying to read it off the ceiling. I was I was laughing as he's he's mouthing the lyrics and he's looking at the ceiling. <laughs> Always look at the ceiling. The, the the lyrics and everything. I look at the floor when I try to remember things. <laughs> I look at Steve like, help me, help me, fill in the blanks for me. That, that was an interesting uh, period for Wilson Pickett. He did because um, uh, he was known for a lot of very gritty things mustang sally and mm-hmm. uh and a, a whole bunch of other things um but then he got into some things that were kind of a little lighter yet still funky what um, was s-y-s-l-j-f-m oh no in fact that that wasn't wilson pickett that was joe text s-y-s-l-j-f-m save your sweet love just for me so even before texting, long, yeah, decades before. Great track, Joe Text. Text from an 847 area code says the music is uh, great tonight. Your show always has the best music. Well, thank you. And 
We try. We try to tie things in with uh, with guests. But also, you should write on this page. Go to stevenjohnny.wordpress.com, S-T-E-V-E-A-M-D-J-O-H-N-N-I-E.wordpress.com. When the show's podcast is available, we post it up there, and we always post a list of the, as we call the musical bumps that we have used throughout the show every week. We do that, and we link them to some YouTube videos, and there's some fun stuff. I don't think I've ever heard S-Y. Oh, it's a funky S-Y-S-L-J-F-M. Save your sweet love just for me. My friend typed B-B-I-A-B. B-B-I-A-B. You know what that is, don't you? B-B-I-A-B? B-B-I-A-B. And she just, you know, she texted it to me like, oh, you know what B-B-I-A-B. I'm like, no, but I didn't want to say anything. So I just looked it up and... Hmm. Back before I ate a biscuit? (laughs) (laughs) my phone wants to do an update right now right in the middle of the show (laughs) be back be back in a bit i like yours better (laughs) ate a biscuit so then i started kind of tuning into the makes me want to think what was the thing that that sheldon did on big bang when he was uh, uh, playing some Dungeons and Dragon type game, oh, he would say yeah. Sheldor, <sighs> A.K. something something something. Okay, somebody. <laughs> okay. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. What was it? Uh, Sheldor, blah 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 blah. And because I was stumped by that, it seemed like. I, I was kind of zeroing in on these things on Facebook, you know, comments that people would make. Here's another one I came across. FTFY. I'd never seen FTFY. You don't want to hear where, where, my, where my mind's going with this. <laughs> FTFY. Does that mean anything to you? That's an easy one. Fix that for you. Yes. And I guess that's used pretty commonly. And I was like, dang, I got to get with the program. All right. How about B-A-E? When I think of Bay, I think of you like, you know, you're my Bay. You're my boy, right? B-A-E. Mm-hmm. What is B-A-E? That, that, that's where I go, too. You know what it is, don't you, Julian? B-A-E? That, that's going to be uh, O-M-H, over my head. <laughs> Before anyone else. Mm. But if I see it, I think it's like, you know, he's your bae. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm I'm so last century. Uh, <laughs> That's um, exactly where I go with it. B-A-E, before anyone else. But Joe Tex was so far ahead of his time. Oh, absolutely. He was doing whole sentences. He was. In abbreviation. Okay, uh, here's another one I came across. Um, um, do, 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 do. Oh, oh. T, 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 T. Or, as I saw it written in another comment, T, 4. T, 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 T. T, T. Or T, 4. T, T, 4 times. These things take You ready for it? Okay. These things take time. 
Not, not worth the effort. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, really? I found that clip you were talking about. Oh, for Sheldon? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sheldor, back online. What's AFK? AFK. <laughs> Away from keyboard. Okay. Yeah, I agree with Penny. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We're in the last hour. And you know, I, I, another text regarding the last hour of the show after this on WGN. Do you know who wrote this? I forget who wrote it, but I remember there was a very embarrassing incident that occurred on Chicago radio with that song. When? Shirley Ellis was in Chicago. <laughs> This would have been in the 60s. Yeah. She was promoting the record. She was doing appearances at various radio stations. She went to the Once Big 89. Mm-hmm. Art Roberts was on the air. No. She's trying to do art, art. <laughs> but when she added the F, it was an interesting moment. <laughs> and she hadn't realized, nobody had realized, because she was using... The rules as she explained in the science. She, art, art, well, far. That's good. <laughs> True story. But that was a jackpot. I mean, did she have anything else besides the name game? Yeah, she did. And I'm trying to think of what the other. I loved. Uh, she, basically, she had two uh, serious hit records. And I can't think of the name of the other one, but it had this. Soul Time. No. No? No. The Clapping Song? Oh, no. Geez. That was a bad way to see it. I like it. I want it. No. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> you sound like. What else have you got listed? There, there was. Uh, the, <clears throat> excuse me. The Nitty Gritty. Yes. Oh. Uh, some of the other tracks you mentioned, I think they were regional hits or hits on uh, black radio stations, but, but they did, didn't do as well as these two did. These two were top 40 hits. Did uh, Name Game Pigeonhole Her, though, is kind of like a a, uh, mm, a novelty song? Not so much. No. Because Nitty Gritty, that became a, a, a catch phrase. You yeah. Know, I think it was before the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Oh, sure. And you, you get down to the Nitty Gritty. Mm-hmm. Which reminded me of something I came across in a uh, a story. I found the story. I was reading about the actor Tom Holland, and in the interview, he just casually said he was. He, he says, "Quote: Oh, I can't believe my phone is updating while I'm talking. It does not know I'm doing a show. What Look the heck this. is going on with you? It's just, just why did it decide to do that on its own? I know." Uh, I usually tell it to sit sit down, shut up, and wait till I want you to do that. I've told it to do that a half a dozen times. So Tom Holland said in the interview, I am sorely lacking in my riz. And I'm like, oh, should we know about You should see your your doctor about this. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Is there an ointment for your riz? (laughs) I'm serious. And... I'm reading, I go, and it wasn't in People magazine, but it was some celeb column I was reading. Okay. So, of course, that sent me to find out what R-I-Z-Z means. I turned to young Julian. But so, in my understanding, I believe it's one's ability to flirt and woo. Because it is derived and from... And woo? <laughs> it's derived from the word... Are you ready? Charisma. 
if you have charisma, you have the ability to... I'm sorry, that's too long a journey to get... (laughs) It's two extra syllables. (laughs) That, no, that doesn't work. No. Charisma. That's a pretty word, too. But no, I got... I'm lacking in my riz. By the way, I'm thinking Tom Holland is not lacking in his riz, in my opinion, but, you know, that's me. Um, So you've heard it used then. I hear it all the time from my brother. Really? Really? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) And sadly, he has no riz. (laughs) He claims he does. But if you claim you do, then you don't. Right? There's yeah. probably some term for that, too, that we're, we're missing. At By the this way, point. this just in from the 630 area code. Your phone is hinky because Mercury is in retrograde. Look. Just started on the 23rd. Look at that. It just shut down on me. And now it's, it's one UI. Is, it's just... It's, is, uh, it's updating its... Uh, it's ooey. Uh, I'm very close to throwing my phone across the room because I've had nothing but troubles all week. This has week. been a very bad phone week for you. It yeah. is. I'm blaming it, it on really, Mercury. really has. Uh, and Mercury and retrograde, that's your communication. Yeah. Uh, and if you're, you know, button heads with people, that's because Mercury's mm-hmm. in retrograde. And depending upon where it is in your chart, you know, if your Mercury's rising or falling. <laughs> but now you've got me thinking, what was that great Mercury song we used to play? Um, country song? Kind of. Uh, Alan Jackson? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Oh, finally, I got something right tonight. <laughs> we started tonight with a listener who texted that he played the One Hit Wonder song today, and he thought about us, and he thought about Wayne. Oh, Wayne Jancic, who, who we just recently reconnected with, and yes, we're going to have Wayne Jancic on the show. And for those of you who are new to us and don't know what the heck we're talking about, we don't either, uh, but Wayne Jancic was the author of the Billboard Book of One Hit Wonders. We wrote the foreword for this book, and shortly after Wayne wrote that book, Chicago's Ides of March did a song called One Hit Wonder that is a wonderful song. No pun intended. So, and, so, and we used to have Wayne on uh, about once a month. Oh, let me tell you, Julian, would, <clears throat> they were frightening, Wayne and Steve, because the listener would call in, and I was like... Proof. Well, we would do One Hit Wonder trivia. Right, and I was proof that you guys weren't cheating. Mm-hmm. And it would just blow us away because people would call in with these obscure, it had to be in the top 40 of the um, Billboard charts, and they would call in, and they would give the title of the song, and then you guys would fight each other to come up. Right away, you would know the... Who who is the artist? And we would just sit back. Honestly, I can't remember more than maybe... A, a dozen times in all those years, 19 years, that yeah. Wayne was a regular guest on her show. Because weren't we keeping score, and our score was yes. like 7,000 yes. to... Yes! It was something like 20, 22, 7,900 yeah. to 22. So, And I would just sit there and just another check mark. I go, oh, I don't believe this. But the other fun part of those shows were we would dig up people who... <laughs> Some of them we needed to be them. left. <laughs> Who had just one hit. That's how we first met Screaming Jay Hawkins. Yes. And the fun thing was finding out from these people how one hit helped or hurt them. Right. Because sometimes, 
I was saying that about Shirley, Shirley Ellis, was she pigeonholed. They got pigeonholed with a certain kind of music, and they couldn't break out of it. They couldn't get back to who they but really were. But then there were those rare one-hit wonders, like Norman Greenbaum. I don't know if you know the name Norman Greenbaum, But Julia. you know the song. But uh, he was able to retire on the strength of Spirit in the Sky. The boy never needs to work again. Didn't he? Am I? Isn't that the most one of the two most popular songs in movie soundtracks? Yeah, I think the other one is uh, 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 Bobby Helms. uh, Special Angel. um, My Special Angel? No. Or is it? uh, His other one. uh, Jingle Bell Rock. Yes, Jingle Bell Rock, of course. I was just imagining him singing My Special Angel. Which is in one of the, the all-time classic Christmas movies, Die Hard. Yes, yes. And uh, apparently those two songs have resurfaced and just sent checks to their estates, or I guess Norman is still alive, right? I was just questioning myself on that. Uh, well, I remember when we interviewed him, he had just fallen in a hole. Remember that? And yeah, he, he had. You're great right. Great detail about what he was yes. dealing with after he'd fallen into a hole. And go, really? We've never talked to you before, but... Um. Well, we're going to stop talking and fall into the newsroom, even as we speak. This is Stream of Consciousness Radio. Yeah. We went from Mercury in retrograde to Alan Jackson. <laughs> Crazy about a Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> now, okay, here's, here's a little... Um, This will uh, let us know what kind of demographics we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Julian, have you ever driven or do you know what a Mercury is or was? I do indeed. Oh. Well, good, because time out, I never have, so... I've never driven a Mercury. Uh, Yes, you've driven one when we road tested one. (laughs) We road tested the Mercury Marauder. Oh, that's right. I like the name, Marauder. Yeah. It was kind of Mercury's attempt at uh, doing the, oh, what was the last, oh, brain fade. Uh, the big Chevy that uh, came out with the Corvette engine. The Impala? Was it the Impala? Yeah, it was the Marauder was their version of it. Yeah, the 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 hot car, yeah. the car that when we drove the that that Impala with the Corvette engine, people who knew literally got thumbs up. They, they would pull up next yeah. to you and yeah, and give you like, ooh, I I understand what you got under the hood of that car. Yeah. It was like, such really? a cool car. Okay, I'm and, glad. And they really got it right the last year because yeah. they put the floor console in. And didn't and police was, uh, uh, cars become those cars when they took them out of, them, of circulation? Yeah. yeah. That was a good idea, too, because it was a fast car. Oh, boy, was it. Okay, back to music. The listener says one hit wonder would be Wayne Newton. No. Mm-mm. She says Don Shane. It was a hit song for him. But also, he had Daddy Don't You Walk So Fast. Oh, golly. I feel nauseous when I hear that song. <laughs> and Don Shane was a song that was actually given to Wayne by Bobby Darren. Oh, really? Because if you listen to the... The construction of Dankeshain, it's almost uh, the same thing, including the um, uh, some of the key changes. It's very mm-hmm. similar to Mac that. the Knife. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear that. Uh, also in that text, um, uh, Bebop by the Hanson Brothers, but it was Mbop. Mbop. Yeah. And I like to make everyone aware that... Mm-hmm. 
that little tune was first played in the Midwest by him and her. Yep. Because we heard it in another part of the country. We, and we, we were brought, down in uh, Panama City Beach and uh, heard it down there and uh, ran brought out, it home with got us. it, yep. brought it home, played it. And uh, at that time, our traffic reporter was uh, Stacy Friedman. And, and after the first time she heard it, she says, please, Lord, please stop. No more. I don't I want still it. Love I love I, I love the Hansons. Great, you, you got Umbop by the Hansons? <laughs> Hanson, who put out one of the best Christmas albums. Have you ever yes. heard Hanson's Christmas album? Yes, yes, yes. I was not aware that was a thing. Yep. It, it rocks. It's a great Christmas album. Between the three boys, they have, I think the last I, I read, something like 21 kids. Those three, those three little voices have produced something like 21, maybe it's 25 kids. The brood of Hansons is just mind-boggling. And I don't know that they're doing music anymore. I think they are. As a matter of fact, I think they just, I want to say they just came out with You're an kidding. album within the past year. And I think they played somewhere no. in the Midwest uh, in the past year. 1997 was Mbop. Uh-oh. In 23, this year, they came out with their greatest hits, 2.0, which I guess is Mbop. <laughs> okay. Um, um, whatever happened to them in 2003. They're very talented. Well, yeah, oh, they're great musicians, I think. I mean... Um, and, uh, there's a case where I think their first hit record caused people to dismiss them mm-hmm. again that's a one-hit wonder yep. curse you do something and then everybody assumes that that's all yeah. you can do and you you just you were classified all oh, those yeah. those teeny yeah. bopper and there's so much more than that they're a really good group with well, a christmas album it sold me you're absolutely right yeah. but i don't see that they've done anything other than make babies and a whole bunch of them <laughs> well because <laughs> i'm looking here it's seriously 41 39 uh <laughs> 41-year-old Isaac, 39-year-old Taylor, 36-year-old Zach, and they've got like 25 kids. I'm reasonably sure they... Well, it does not say that here. And this well, is People Magazine. This is People. This is the Bible of celebrity. Oh, my gosh. Look at this picture of the family. It is a mess of people. <laughs> a mess of good-looking blonde kids. <laughs> they are all adorable, too. So there you have the rest of the story. Oh, boy. That was 97. Wow. Oh, we should mention a couple things. Uh, One, next week we're back for a full show. Yes. And you're going to want to pay attention next week, as opposed to dozing off the rest of the time that we're on. Yes, Patrick Crispin will be joining us. We'll talk computer stuff next week. But we've had so many people that were asking about the procedure Johnny had, the PRP, platelet-rich plasma. Next week, joining us in the studio will be the doctor who did that procedure. Mm-hmm. Dr. Kristen Geary will be joining us. She's an orthopedic doctor mm-hmm. that specializes in sports medicine, and she is game to answer your questions because I said last time I saw her for a follow-up to tell her, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this. It's truly been a miracle for me. And literally, Johnny could not raise her arm. No. She could hardly, because she had a... Uh, 
a problem with her shoulder. Torn rotator cuff, 85% tear, and a year and a half um, of intensive physical therapy, sometimes twice a week for months on end. And that got me to the point where I was not in constant pain. I didn't want to take pain meds all yeah. the time. I would be a, a, a stone-cold addict by now if I'd done that. Mm-hmm. Um, not that anybody suggested it. It's just that I'm right. sure going to the wrong doctor, that could have happened. But but the next thing that was on the horizon was surgery. Yep. And Dr. Geary said, well, is have you ever thought of it? And I said, I never heard of it. And a whole bunch of people have emailed me and reached out to me since I talked about it uh, months ago. And she said, yeah, I would love to come and talk to people about now, it. Now, again, anytime we talk about any medical thing that we have been involved in. We're not saying you should do this. We're saying this was our experience. Take this information. Check it with your own medical professional and mm-hmm. find out if it, it's something you should look into or not. Yep. Uh, oh. Yep. They're, they're flicking the lights already. Mm-hmm. I, oh. Oh. I, I, I hear the Zamboni in the background. <laughs> Bob is back in business. Oh, boy. He's going to shine them floors up. Uh, you know what that means. Uh, 312-981-7200. If you would like to be our last caller, it's time for the last call. They're flicking the lights. Zamboni's getting ready. 312-981-7200. If you are the last caller, you will win some goodies from the prize list. So jump on the line now. That number again. 312 
I have no doubt. That's probably why they quit. They they just kind of just went and made babies and enjoyed their money, right? Yeah, super, yeah. super show, super music, uh, very informative on the cars. Well, thank and, you. Uh, thank you. Just just really, really interesting show, as always. Well, you've been hanging out with us. We appreciate that. Where are you calling from? From Johnsburg, up near Illinois, Wisconsin. Oh, nice. Okay. Hey, I got a quick question for you, because I was talking about this with a friend the other day. Um, she said, you got to go up near the Wisconsin border to apple pick. Is there any place off the top of your head that you would recommend going to pick apples? Because we used to go to Bell's Apple Orchard, which is no yeah. longer there. Right, they used to be in Lake Zurich. Yeah, yeah. To go there as a kid. Um, there's uh, Scotty's, um, the one apple orchard in uh, um, Spring Grove uh, closed. They re- the people retired. Oh, that's right. And then there's um, there's one out in Woodstock. I'm trying to think what the name of oh, that one is. The, the, wasn't there a, an apple orchard that used to be around? Oh, there was. Well, no- there was well, one in Grays Lake, but I yes. think that one closed well, um, well, off of uh, 120. What's the antique mall that we used to go to, where they have all the great cars? Volo. The, uh, Volo. Yes. Volo. Yeah, yeah. Isn't there an apple orchard up around well, that area? I, it used to be. That was the Grays Lake one. Okay. That's the one I was thinking right. of, right, Tony? And I think what happened was, because I remember the folks at Bell's explained to us that their land was so valuable, they were fools they to continue. It. Yeah, because right. yeah. that was hard yeah. work, and it was seasonal work, and it was dependent upon the weather when they could sell their land for a gazillion dollars. Yeah. Not, that, I don't know that right. they did There's that. But, commercial. Yeah, yeah. commercial up off a of 12. In 22 there, where that Bells used to be. Yeah, that's too bad. Because I remember we there was a time when you could just get in your car and go from one apple orchard to the next. Yeah. Right, you know, right. And get different ones. Yeah, we, I remember a couple yeah, years. we had we, great times at Bells. Yeah. I remember a couple years we went up there with uh, Bob and Christine Collins. Yes, And just did. had a great time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, get fresh apple cider and apple fritters and, ah, I'm hurting. <laughs> We always start talking about food about this time because, be honest with you, Tony, we go home and have dinner. I know that sounds okay. crazy, but we have dinner and then we watch television until about six o'clock in the morning. The sun's coming up, and we're we're going to bed. Yeah, uh, so we are. We're going to have ham and mac and cheese when we get home. Oh, that sounds good. A, a light meal of ham and mac mm-hmm. and cheese. We'll probably pass out. So, what do you have planned for your Sunday? Uh, my my grandson is playing his first flag football for the season. Oh, good! And uh, so I'm going to go to that tomorrow and uh, or today, whatever time it is yeah. it's today already. <laughs> but um, and then do uh, some yard work, uh, see some friends, and uh, have some food. Well, the weather is going to be perfect. Yeah, th- oh this gosh. is going to be the day of the week. Yeah, we talked at the top yeah. of the show about to our friend, the meteorologist down in Florida, and he'd gone to his son's football game on Saturday morning, and already at 9 o'clock in the morning, already the temperature humidity index was 98. Yeah. And he yeah. said it was it was it's miserable. It really is. But we're lucky. Yeah. This, we, we had, go ahead. Go ahead. No, we I, had a football game today. The older, the uh, two grandsons, mm-hmm. and it was it was so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the weather it was overcast here, but it was nice. There was a beautiful breeze, and um, the kids are um, around ten, uh, nine, nine years old, nine ten year olds, mm-hmm. and uh, they they did great. They played against Kenosha, and they. 
ended up in a tie, but they had a great game. Oh, that's fun. I love that. Good. Well, enjoy yourself and enjoy wearing your WGN Radio Retro Logo T-shirt. Love these T-shirts. Awesome. And you're going to get your very own desktop weather station from American Weathermakers Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing, the 60-Minute Man. Visit AmericanWeathermakers.com. And this, every time I say that, it takes me back to the days when (laughs) Wally Phillips would give away the Seymour Paisen scarf and the the Ladybug ladybug Pendant pendant Watch. They became collectibles. Well, this weather station has become a legitimate collectible, so you're going to have one of your very own, okay? Well, thank you so very much. Thanks, Tony. Nice to meet you. Have a good one. Thanks a lot, Tony. Hold on for a second. We'll get all of your personal information off the air. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, Julian, just before you talk to uh, Tony... You, you did a little bit of research. We had been talking about Norman Greenbaum, Spirit in the Sky, and how much money he made. And what did you find out when you checked Spotify? Right. So I was on Spotify, and looking at Spirit in the Sky, it had 444 million plays. And the next million. record was? And the next one after that, uh, hang on, let me bring this up again. 44 million for Spirit in the Sky. And then the next closest, the second place in terms of number of plays is the song Marcy with only 566,000. <laughs> 44 million, 566,000. Yeah. A bit of a drop from yeah. first place to second place. Oh, you're, so it's 444 million. Wow. 444. Wow. <sighs> didn't uh, I have the tiger? Didn't uh, Jim uh, Peterick uh, post something about I have a tiger oh, yeah. head? He, uh, what the heck did they reach um, on Spotify? It was a huge, uh, it's in the, I thought it, I thought millions. they were in the millions. I thought they were in the millions, yeah, yeah for I have the tiger. Because that probably holds a special place in music trivia because it is used by sport teams, sporting yeah. teams, because I have the tiger is what you want when you get, you know, all. Mm-hmm keyed up to go out there and play football or whatever it is and and boy that's really that's worked very well for him <laughs> yeah well, and what how many billion what on spotify one billion, billion? well then what does that do to the 444 million well no that's just how impressive it, it, it but does that mean that norman is in second place billion perhaps Again, I'm going to say it so he doesn't have to say it. We have separate checkbooks because I I don't even comprehend billion. I was like, what? That's more zeros than would fit on any check that I've ever written. There's a commercial that airs. Uh, I can't even. It's for an attorney. And and the the, the phone uh, number the phone number has a million. He always says at the end, it's like three million. And I say to Steve, do you know how many people don't know how many zeros are in a million? I, I seriously believe that. They, mm-hmm. They're like, ah. Oh. But of course, with the phone number, when you start hitting the zero, you can just keep hitting zeros. And Well, I think, don't, don't you take a, uh, a trillion and divide by three? <laughs> right. And in my case, I just rounded off to the next biggest number. That's all my checkbook looks so good because mm-hmm. everything is rounded off to the next highest mm-hmm. number. And I always have money in my checking account. Mm-hmm. He, on the other hand, different story. I, I know mm-hmm. how much money I mm-hmm. have in my checking account. Or don't account. have. Um, our thanks to everyone who joined us tonight. Uh, thank you very much. The 630 area code just checked in. That's Anthony saying thank you, Stephen Johnny. Have a great week. Uh, great show. Uh, love your company. 
And we love having you out there, Anthony. Thank you for checking in. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny show. And if you would, check out our uh, our blog page, which is steveandjohnny.wordpress.com. And if you would, we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe to our blog. It doesn't cost anything. Mm-mm. We don't spam you. The only thing you get is you get a notice anytime we put up a new blog post. So that's stephenjohnny.wordpress.com, and that's where you will be able to find a uh, a list of all the song bumps that we played tonight mm-hmm. and also a link to the podcast. And if you follow us on Facebook, you will find out who's going to be on our show, so you don't want to miss it. And mm-hmm. like next week, it's going to be Dr. Geary talking about the PRP injections and what does that mean. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be in our 10 o'clock hour next week. But a whole bunch of other things are coming up next week, too. Our thanks to the folks who help keep this together for us, like Julian on the other side of the glass. Uh, also, uh, the keeper of the big plug, that would be your Bob Fakuda who's also the driver of the Zamboni, Brett Jackson, Ron Brown, and Gabe Salgado in the newsroom. We appreciate you guys so much for being there with us and keeping us kind of out of trouble. More or less. Yeah. 